This is Colin Baker speaking, the sixth doctor. But you, you are the lucky ones because you are traveling the vortex. Traveling the vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed episode number 167, an intergalactic song contest. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Melodic. Melodic. Melodotic. Melodotic? <laughs> Does that work? It is now. Write that one down. Canadian. <laughs> we're not going there this week. <laughs> oh, hey, we're recording. With friends got posted. Awesome. We're recording late this week again. Yeah, whose fault is that, Keith? That's my. No, that's Kim's fault for taking vacation. So we'll, right. we'll find out what we missed this week. Uh, well, and then, it won't matter. There'll be news tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. That's true. We, we can't catch a break. We record on Sunday, new news breaks on Monday. Then we finally get a record on Tuesday. We don't get to, but we have to we record. And news breaks on Wednesday. So We're just trendsetters. I guess. Wait, what news broke on Wednesday, though? The it, Blu-ray. Oh, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that in a minute, uh, Glenn. How was your week? Uh, good. I started last week, didn't I? No, you started last I week. I started you last start week. this week, Sean. What'd you do this week, Sean? You always have the most to talk about, so let's get you out of the way. No, lately it's been work and school. That's right. I went to work, I went to school. He'll go in, into like a 20-minute diatribe oh, on something, something that he something watched. Yeah. What would you watch this week? I didn't watch anything this week. What? What? No. I bought my Hunger Games steelbook. Ooh. That was pretty cool. Did you get the Catching Fire steelbook? Or the Catching Fire steelbook. Oh, okay. Hunger Games Catching Fire. Did um, Hunger Games get a steelbook release? They reissued this, it this one. as a steelbook, um, but I don't like it. There's an earlier one that's online that's oh. really expensive. And I found one that was pseudo-cheap, but it was really banged up. I, like, I wonder no, what not. the final box set's going to look like. I, I'm, I'm trying to think ahead. Three discs in it. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe not even well, three. It could be a fold-out. That's true. Like uh, not if it's Jurassic a Park. Not if it's a steelbook. Well, it'll have at least three discs in it. At least. <laughs> Likely a six-disc set. I finalized some things for my school project and started thinking about uh, a, a new film that we're going to be working on for that. And, oh, we went and saw uh, a Young Frankenstein. You did see something. Oh, well, that wasn't the movie. <laughs> I did see something, yeah. What was young, it? Young Frankenstein the musical. It was, it was a musical show, wasn't it? Uh, it, it, it was it was it was good. It's it was one of those that anytime you do an adaptation, I think we talked a little bit about this with um, spam a lot. That you, you kind of have to toe that line between you either have to do it exactly like they did it in the movie to appease fans of the movie, or you really have to change it in order to kind of branch out and do your own thing. And this kind of I felt fell right in the middle where they did mm. some stuff that was very very similar and very close and and very spot on and then they did some other things that because of the structure of the musical you knew were going to be different well they and, had to add more songs yeah. well that's that yeah, yeah. Well, that's they the, had only the one songs. musical number in the movie think, oh <laughs> my plank is falling into my how did that happen you leaned forward and hooked it with your uh, your earbuds oh, okay sorry the sound you just heard was glenn bartlett's heart dum dum 
it fell lower than my heart. As my stomach dun, dun, dun. It was indigestion. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was great. And they did, did a fantastic job. Did you guys go together or just With the happened? same night. We didn't actually go together. I think I just, said... It just so I said, happened that I you guys said, were going? No, no, no. We, we, uh, <laughs> our friend David got us tickets. And, and lo and behold, Glenn was there. <laughs> and I thought, damn it. I just can't escape this guy. <laughs> I think I said like two words to you the whole time we were there. Yeah, well, you were on a different tier. Yeah, that makes it a little more difficult. Oh, so you were at the same table. No, yeah, no, 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 no. So then you didn't well, go they together. Were, they were down and over two. We, we you didn't go together. We were in a group. We, we, we the whole group was part of the same. three or four oh, tables. I got but you. We were just it was Holly and I, Dave and Lori, Lori's sister, daughter, her husband, her sister's husband, Sean, no. Mel, and then Joanne and Joanne's I friend, which I, didn't I know can't the two. remember her name now. I didn't know those two. So Joanne and Joanne's friend. <laughs> It was a whole massive group. Sounds like it. But it was a good show. It was David's birthday, too. So. Oh, yeah. Right. And then we discussed poker night. Maybe. <laughs> oh, crud. What? I can't do Friday Night Who. No, it will be done before that. Thursday. Yeah. I thought you said Thursday. Oh, no, it's the following Thursday. Never mind. It's, it's next week it's Thursday. It's next week Thursday, not this Thursday. Okay. Because it wouldn't suddenly, be Friday Night Who. I said, no, I meant, I meant uh, Flix, Flix with Friends. friends. I, I suddenly thought I had a conflict. I don't. It's oh, Flix with Friends is this Thursday? Yeah, this yeah. Thursday. 11.30. I can't do that. <laughs> well, I figured Mel would be able to because she doesn't have to work the next yeah, day. I don't care about you. We want Mel. <laughs> I figured you both would be able to do it because you don't have to work the next day. I suppose we could, we'll be packing so we could put it on and... Oh, I get your statement. We're, we're going, days. yeah, we're doing the whole or two days, two nights, doing the whole shebang. Planet Comic Con this weekend. Very excited. Yes, yeah, that's it. What else you do, Glenn? I went and saw Young Frankenstein. I went and saw <laughs> Young Frankenstein on Friday. You saw a slew of things. Thoroughly loved. I watched um, Catching Fire. We bought Catching Fire and then watched it uh, Saturday night. After we got home from <laughs> And you well, didn't, we had not seen it, right? Had not seen it. We promised uh, Caitlin that she could watch it, so we stayed up. We all stayed up and watched it. Um, I liked it. I don't know if I liked it any better than Hunger Games, but I don't know that I liked it any less. Um, they're both great films, great adaptations of a book of books. I thoroughly enjoyed the books. I, I think I said this long ago when I read Catching Fire, that's the absolute worst way to end a book. <laughs> <laughs> And it's equally as worse of a way to end a film. So <laughs> there, there's nothing you can do. You can't end that book any differently. No. But it's a horrible way to end a book. It's, it's kind of like Doc laying there unconscious in the street and Marty going, Doc, Doc, you got to wake up. And to be continued comes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean to be continued? Um, but Or Neo getting knocked unconscious and... You're gonna you're gonna argue this. You're gonna argue against this, but or, at least well, I hope everything turns out okay. Let's go to Mordor. <laughs> well, there's that's a good there's a good example. Except for the books didn't end the same way. No, they didn't. But if you use the Back to the Future argument, the storyline itself is resolved. It's just there's more there's there's it's more cliffhangery. Yeah, this is more like we've just stopped this is, the book in the middle of the story. And we're going to pick it up in another. This is novel. Act One of That's a two-act bo- book. This yeah. is yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's so it's just it's so abrupt and so you know, <laughs> you know. There's I mean, Empire Strikes Back at least has Lando and Chewie going off to find Han, but there's just 
there's no resolution to this story. It just is done. And everybody argues, now you haven't jumped in here yet, but everybody argues that the fact that Katniss takes down the games itself, the game itself. Unwittingly. Well, she kind of knows at the time. You just hit. You That's just the struck <laughs> the nail in the head. She doesn't figure it out until right there at that second. It, it does it for the character. It's not building to this exactly. for the situation. It is exactly and because so she has to be kept in the dark. That's because why she'd screw it's such it just just a horrible way to end a book. But again, I don't have a better solution, and I I I wasn't disappointed with the book because of the ending. But if it, uh, and for me, honestly, if it weren't for the ending, I would not have liked the book. Yeah, well... Because I felt like it was too much of a rehashing until we got to that I, point and I realized, oh, they're building to something else. Yeah, I don't know. I. But that was me. I seem to be the minority on that. Yeah, I don't... I don't... I don't... I don't agree with that view, but I can see where... Why? Well, while reading it, I thought that. I in in hindsight, I don't know. Um, I had the fortunate... The, probably the reason that ending didn't <laughs> bother me is because I came, I came to Hunger Games late in the game. That's true. And, uh, I had Mockingjay sitting there ready for me to start reading as soon as I put down Catching Fire. So in essence, I had the next part of the story right there. You didn't so. have to wait. No. I didn't. Oh, I didn't either. I read them all back to back to back. Yeah, so did I. I can't imagine having to wait for that book. Anyway. For, the, for the third one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I mean, after the first one came out, you would have kind of thought, okay, that was good. Yeah. And, and then you'd be like, oh, done. wow, there's a sequel. And then there's what? a sequel. And then you read the sequel. It's like, what do you mean the end? Yeah, at the end of that, it's like. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. It was kind of how I felt when I got done with Wizard and Glass and had to wait 16 years for Stephen oh, King yeah. to write another book. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. I didn't. I came to that one late to the game, too, so uh, I didn't have to wait. Uh, I just kept going. Um, the dark this is why times. I don't tend to get into series. <laughs> Anyway, Hunger's Game. Hung, Hunger's Game. Yeah, Hunger's you was reading Game. Game of Thrones. Yeah, but I've got four books yeah, to get all to. There. Four, 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 no, he's, he's not done. He's not. He's done. writing he's seven got books. Two more books oh, to go. Good lord. Well, you're, Which, you're, you're not going to get there soon. <laughs> well, he's, he's, right, he's releasing them. The that's, show is going to get there how, before the books how, are going to get there. That's how I was. Glaciers will come back before he's done writing. That's how I was with the Harry Potter books. I was in that excruciating wait between six and seven. Ah, uh, excruciating. See, I figure wait. by the time I get ready for book six of Game of Thrones, it'll be out by the time I actually get there, and then I'll just have to wait for book seven. <laughs> and then I'll know how it ends by because the show's over. Because <laughs> it's only going to go eight seasons, so they're going to have to come up with their own alternate ending. No, they, he's given them the ending. I know. According to a new article, yeah. he's given them the ending. It won't work. <laughs> now, yeah, he could change it, but he better start writing. <laughs> anyway, Hunger Games, uh, <laughs> Fire was good. Um, we also watched Frozen this weekend. How which, was that? Oh, wow. I've had that stupid song stuck in my head wow. for like a week. So have I. Speaking, speaking <laughs> it's not one? stupid at all. It's not stupid, but I've had it stuck in my head. head. So it's Do you want to go to Snowman? That one? No, the main. The, no, oh, the, the other one. The, the Let It Go. The, I haven't seen the film yet. Let it go. Oh, I, 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 you still haven't seen? I, I thought you seen had it. seen it. No, about this rate. It's still a big theater. It is. It's coming well, out it on come DVD. Out on D- well, for like in two weeks, and yeah. it hasn't even hit the cheap theater. And I waited this long to see it, and I thought, well, I'll just wait a couple more weeks, and I'll buy it on Blu-ray. <clears> and then it was we were talking about it all weekend, and then we were, I looked, and it was it's on iTunes already. It's digital, you can digitally yeah. download it, and so I went, yeah, okay, I'll pay for it twice. The heck. So I had I, I also have one of those things about being a Mac user or Apple user is you know what you get for all of your birthdays and Christmases and all oh, the gifts you, you get, iTunes, get, gift you get iTunes gift cards. Yeah. So I've just got money to burn there. So I was like, eh, we'll get it. 
I could have rented it for three bucks, and I bought it for like ten. So it's like, well, yeah, just, that it way the kids can rewatch it. it. Oh, thoroughly worth it. Gosh, it was so good. And um, not a movie about a snowman. You know what? <laughs> For those who have only seen the teaser trailer, I thought, yes. I really thought there was a moose and a snowman in this picture, and then there were princesses and singing, and I was like, what the it, heck? It is all the great qualities of Tangled, and all of the great qualities That's of, Tangled as well. of I still need to Wreck-It see Ralph, and put into one film. Oh. And it, has, it harkens Ralph. back to and it harkens back to that same heart and feel as The Little Mermaid. It's It's got all the magic. It's all there. Loved it. I don't know about the Wreck-It Ralph comparison, but everything else you said was right Perhaps on. Perhaps the are you, are you meaning more the look and the feel of it? Well, no, the look and feel is more from Tangled. Um, the Wreck-It Ralph is a good story, good solid story. That's the best good so, modern the, story. Yeah, well, it's the best. I think Wreck-It Ralph's the best story that they've come up with in a long time. Tangled's a good story as well, but Wreck-It Ralph was a good solid. Well, but story. Wreck-It Ralph well, this is, is an original. original. And this is Tangled's still based, based on, on a home. But, yeah. but so is so well, Frozen. 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 Bad Take news. I got bad news for you. Hans Christian Andersen, as it is with The Little Mermaid, is considerably different. Well, than well they, they still Anderson's had source the Snow material Queen based on material. But what I'm saying is, it was good. Okay, not a good story. Good storytelling. It's great. Okay. Bracket Ralph was uh, okay. great storytelling. Okay, this one did the same thing. It was great storytelling. It, we it weaved you and captivated you all the way to the end. There was never a dull moment. And and and, and then, like I say, all of the magic that I think. Tangled was the first film that really kind of recaptured the magic of the princess films, as far as Disney films go. And uh, Wreck-It Ralph was the first film to have a really solid storytelling. And this took and did both with that. And then again, like I said, harking back to Little Mermaid. No, it's nothing like Wreck-It Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) It's got the same heart. Okay. Um... What but I like Princess and the Frog. Other than that, just a lot of catching up. Um, I haven't started season two of Game of Thrones, but I intend to do that this week. Um, I caught up on Arrow finally, and some other things. So that's it. I, I added I Clone the Wars hunt. to my Netflix instant queue. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, that's that's on, part of what I did this week. <laughs> you mean your list? My list. Your list. Yeah, I don't have an instant queue. I added it to my list along with Archer season four. I spent the better part of the week looking for my... I would have added it automatically, wouldn't it? What? Archer Season 4. Because Archer's already in your instant queue, isn't it? No, because I've already watched up through Uh, what was already out, out, so I took it out. I'm done. You're doing... (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) That's all right. What'd you do, Keith? Well, worked the overnight shift Friday and Mondays, which is why we're recording late. Um, Rewatched The Clone Wars, the movie... Because I hadn't seen it since I saw it in the theater. It's better than I remembered. I think it helps that I broke it up into three viewings. <laughs> so like, it's th- like three episodes? Three episodes. Like it, like it should have been. Yeah. Well, how, how it was and, developed. And the, the same things were there that annoyed me. Like Ahsoka's nicknames. And all of those little things. And I think I didn't mind them as much because I know it gets so much better later down the road. I think that could be why. And Zero still annoyed me. But... Other than those small, like rather smaller things, and when I walked out of the theater and said, "Oh, that was utter crap." Well, I think the thing that helped me on a second viewing was the fact that the first time I saw it, I was so used to the Star Wars films, and now you're in the theater again watching another Star you're Wars. You're expecting film, a Star Wars and it's film constructed considerably differently. Yeah. So, I, I, I highly recommend breaking up and once, once you've watched the Clone Wars TV series, 
and you get that you know kind of disgust of change out of your mouth and kind of <laughs> it, it yeah, helps a lot it really does and then i started rewatching it i'm only like two episodes in uh, the series itself uh picked up my dad from the airport uh, he's back from thailand so we spent most of saturday night doing that because he came it? in at uh, 9 53 how was your trip it was a great trip they had a really good time uh Sounds like they didn't do as much sightseeing as they did the first time, but you know, wedding that happens. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then we watched uh, Catching Fire last night too. So that was pretty much it because I worked a lot. Or did you rent it or did you buy it? We bought it. You bought it. When you said, "I wonder what the box is going to be like," I wondered if you were holding out. I uh, I I was wanting to, but Sarah really wanted to catch on fire, <laughs> and I said, "Well, you know, if we wait a couple Do you weeks, own Hunger Games." No, because they added it to Netflix, and so that was why we never picked it up. Because we were kind of him hawing about it of, uh, "Should we pick it up? Should we wait for the box set of all four films?" Did, where'd you get yours? Amazon. Uh, if you got it at Walmart, the one I went to pick mine up, you could get both movies now. I don't think it came with all the extras. And I think it's the, both, but both Blu-rays. Both Blu-rays are in one box oh, for really? just a dollar, two dollars more than what the actual movie is. Oh the wow! Catching Fire is yeah. Now I don't think you get all the discs and Blu-ray yeah. extras and DVD and all that kind of stuff. But you get the Walmart exclusive. You get the two. <laughs> Oh, well, they also gosh. had they also had an addition with what was the, the other pendant. thing I did this week. I watched which I didn't I didn't buy it there for this, but I bought four at Walmart and they had a little sticker on there and said exclusive. Uh, some Loki featurette. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And yeah. so I got it, and I finally downloaded it this week and watched it. Lame. <laughs> so lame. <laughs> so lame. I will never buy, I will never go specifically to Walmart to buy for their extras based on that. <laughs> now, granted, I well, I went the, there to get the price. I didn't go there. I didn't even know it had the special featurette. But going to, I won't do it from here on going out. Going to Best Buy to get the special features for Star Trek in the Darkness, they weren't that much special, more special yeah. than what was included. And that was so, even more ridiculous. Supposedly, there is a new Uber version that's on the well, horizon. There's that no deleted scenes on any of them. Well, that's what everybody thinks is that... There's been scuttlebutt talk about these deleted scenes that supposedly exist, but didn't show up on any of the things. Well, I've seen so now everybody's thinking that they're going to recombine all of that material from each special edition realtor release and give you the special scenes and put it together in your thing. And I got news for Paramount. I'm not buying it again. No, I'm Aside either. from the fact that I didn't like the movie as much <laughs> as they think I should have, I refuse to play that game where oh, well, Walmart's got this and Target's got this and so and so Best Buy's got this. It's like, I'm not doing that. The only reason I went with book, the, yes, the, I'll do that. But content should be the same. The Best Buy version I went with was because it matched the cover of the first release closer than the every other place. I haven't even bought it. <laughs> and the only reason I own the first movie, I don't even own the first movie on disc. I have it on digital. The only reason I did that is because when I bought... Star Trek Into Darkness, I got the digital download for free for the first Wait. movie. Oh, your ticket. Yeah, when I bought okay. my ticket. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you I just said I don't own it. <laughs> yeah, when I bought my ticket for Star Trek Into Darkness, they had a promotion where I got the Star Trek uh, uh, yeah. digital download for free. So We also had audio over on Sunday, played some uh, Lego Batman, and then I've also been working on Lego Marvel and finally beat the story mode on that. on that when I came in. Yes. Well, not the story mode, but some of the bonuses. I'm so I, I've, I've spent some nice <laughs> I don't get lame to play downtime. video games anymore. <laughs> you got on the other night. What'd you do? Watch watch something? Last Friday? It came up on my... Uh, if I'm online, more than likely they're running Netflix because uh, they watch it through the Xbox. Yeah, so. uh-huh. yeah, I saw you pop on and 
I was playing Minecraft. I downloaded. Well, yeah, that's probably Billy and Melvin. I or you were playing. I was. Playing you were Minecraft. playing. They I, they played a little. I didn't bit check to see what you guys were playing. Um, I always get on and check what people. Are I downloaded I like Sid Meier's Civilization. PlayStation. What? I downloaded Sid Meier's Civilization. It was the free games with gold for Xbox yeah. Live. Yeah. Oh, I love those games. <laughs> I can't play it. You'll get lost there. Oh, I will disappear for a week, at least. That's why I don't have Roller Coaster Tycoon on my computer anymore. <laughs> I do. I get the third one. I can't get into it, though, because the interface is so different. Uh, uh, yeah, after a month of playing that pretty much straight every day while I was yeah. unemployed, I was like, oh, I got to go get a job. I can't. <laughs> we all got sucked into that. I can't sit here and do this all day. I did that with that, and I did that with Sims the first time around, not when it was on PC. Scary stuff. Now, now I'm kind of sucked into Minecraft. In fact, <laughs> I'll go home and play like for two and a half hours on my computer and not realize that two and a half hours has gone by. <laughs> Told you. Yeah, but you, you ought to see. You ought to see my world. <laughs> so good. My house is immaculate. It's awesome. In fact, they just added a uh, supply room. It's so good. I'll show you after the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I would think that uh, now that there's new content for Doctor Who Legacy, your Minecraft. Oh, we both already been through that. Done. I blew through it. Season five? That's no, not out not, yet. That's not out. Oh, yet. <laughs> only the epilogue is out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that'll that'll that'll. Oh, that'll well, I don't feel so bad for being behind that. That'll <laughs> take over. Finish six. Yeah. Yet. No. 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 That'll take over. Yeah. All just my time. You just, just the epilogue. There's only five. Uh, five, or, five or six episodes. Yeah. And I I blew through that the next day. In fact, I like maybe two hours of gameplay, and then I was done. And I'm not even that much. And then yeah, it didn't I, take and, me long and either. I just, Captain Jack is an automatic drop, or at least he was for a while, a, a guaranteed drop. A 100% so it's drop. not a yeah, it's not a. Uh, I didn't wait on it, so or I didn't have to play I, continually. I was playing because I've been going back and I'm not complaining. It was. I'm so grateful for that. I've been going back and replaying the levels with story that yeah. I, that they added. I already went through that too. <laughs> Which we probably ought to put, uh, if you don't subscribe to the well, that's, that's, Tiny I did Rebel play Games. for two hours. That's why, because oh, I was going back. back to all of it. If you don't subscribe to the newsletter from Tiny Rebel Games it's supposed, they and Doctor Who Legacy, Facebook did too. they post it on the Facebook yeah, too? that's where I got it. Okay. They, they've posted a, a thing with the levels that this mm-hmm. is where we added insert story parts, so you can go back and just hit those parts. Although Matt brought up an interesting point, uh, guys over there at uh, Tiny Rebel Games. For those of us that have played and know the story and are, you know, you're, you're completely set and ready to go, or if you're starting over replaying that first level just because you want to level up a new team or something, we should have the option to skip <laughs> the story. I'm not complaining. I'm just, I agree with him. I think that, yeah, once you've been through it four, five, six times, it's kind of like, uh, get on with it. <laughs> for so, replays. For replay value. Anyway. Um, so I was playing, and I'm trying to unlock the adipose, whatever level he's on. And so I went through the thing, and I'm trying out a new team that does different stuff. I finally unlocked Amy and got a couple other characters. So I'm like, okay, cool, and I'm doing my stuff. And bing, pops up. The little box goes down in the thing. I'm like, oh, yes, I got him. Sweet. So I got one more person to beat. I'm going through, and I do this combo. This going. And balls start disappearing, and things are happening. And I look over, and it's like, why is my pink health bar all the way down? Oh, <laughs> no. I, no, no, no. I didn't look at it no, for just a second. No, you didn't. And then it... Boom, we attacked, and I didn't get a single pink one in that whole oh. chain combo, and it went boom and killed me, and oh. all the balls went away, so I died. I hate that. Oh. So that then it came several up. times yeah, that, to me trying oh, to get the adipose. So then it came once, up and said, but... do you want to spend one of your 40 time crystals to continue? And I'm like, no. 
Don't. You haven't got him to drop again, have you? No. <laughs> Man. So, yeah, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Certainly you're maxed out enough that you can just blow through everything now, right? Uh, with my main with team, With one yeah. team, okay. But I still have oh, characters yeah. I haven't dropped. Because, you know, I went back and played season seven and, or si- yeah, six and seven. Entirely I noticed that a lot of characters of were dropping a lot more with the epilogues. It might like, be. I like think they're, they they kind of do that so like, because they got a set of new ones that are going to come out. Well, and, and sure a lot of the ones they added story to were ones that had characters oh, available. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, that's where right. I was getting a lot of my characters dropped. I think that's why I got Amy to drop. That could be. I think that's I think that's smart. I think they've loosened those characters up a little bit so yeah. that they will drop so that you're not you don't feel uber behind by the time series five comes out. Yeah. So. Did you see they they, they asked, uh, they sent a tweet out earlier today. There's a Facebook post, too. Is there a Facebook post? Okay. Thank you for letting me know. Uh, They they want to know what classic classic episodes we want to see. Oh. So, tell them. I'll be on there tonight. All right. Well, let's move on. Before we move on to the news. Oh, let's move on to whatever Keith's got. Flicks with friends. Oh yeah, yeah. Flicks. Yeah. Uh, there was friends. a lot of interest last after we finished Planet of the Apes last time that we will. So we will continue this month uh, for March. This Thursday. That is two days from now. Two days from now. One day from now. The thirteenth. <laughs> Thursday the thirteenth. Thursday. The 13th. Way to give a warning. Uh, I posted it on. <laughs> he asked the question over the weekend: Who wanted to yeah. do it and when? And so we all kind of chimed in. So everybody that. Was available. Well, re- that replies to their tweets and texts. He sees yeah. Doctor Who legacies, but not mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see where you rank. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Sadly, I see Doctor Who legacy <laughs> over your keep, yours too, Keith. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't really tweet that much. You don't. That's you don't. why, why, like, that's why that's I, I see legacy you, you, you used to tweet a lot more. You've kind of given that up. I don't up. know why I don't anymore. That's I guess you, I don't have as many. Because you're playing Legacy in the bathroom now. <laughs> That's why I don't, you haven't picked up as many followers this well, week. True. <laughs> I don't have as many random thoughts in my head. I guess. I just did you. I, I, I used did to I ask you this question? Was, I can't. You, you I can't. Earlier, I forgot to check. Quite honestly, I just I got a bunch of followers just recently on Twitter. So. If it's because of this show, thanks for following me, and I try to thanks follow you listening. back, especially if you're a Whovian. Uh, and yeah, thanks for listening. No, I'm still so. Oh wait, I just jumped up one. <laughs> I'm at 797 now. Sean is now being followed by two. <laughs> I guess it'd be at least four because being followed I by mean, two when we started. Follow you pity follow, but <laughs> yeah, I had to beg Simon Fisher Becker to follow me. I'm up to 975. I don't know how many are. 970. Oh man. Okay. Oh, I didn't get a new well, one. Should I disappoint? <laughs> you in the you're, you're in the four digits, aren't you? I am in the four digits. Let me see where I'm at. Anyways, flip the friends. Eleven thirty Central Daylight Time. Sean, let it go. On Thursday, March thirteenth. Uh, if you don't own this one, it is available streaming on Amazon Prime. In case you have Amazon Prime and want to join in. Uh, of course, watch for the hashtags Beneath the Planet of the Apes. We might abbreviate it to Beneath P-T-O- P-O-T-A. That'd be a little less. Beneath P-O-T-A. I like it. Yeah, uh, yeah I like I that, think that And I'm considering rebranding all of these as Apes with Friends. 
<laughs> are we? Are you, are you going through doing the entire? I think I, think I, want, I, think I want to do one movie a, to- a month because in July we can do Rise. Of course, we're skip Tim Burton. We can do Rise yeah, in July and then go see the uh, the, the new film. One thousand forty six followers. When are we going to do Star Wars? For anybody keeping score? Oh, that's just me. Okay. One thousand forty Star Wars with yes, friends. No, it's still going to be flicks with friends, but oh, okay. I like apes with friends. Apes that's fun. Are you going to hashtag them both? I probably will. Flicks with friends, apes with friends, beneath, beneath P-O-T-A. Yeah. And then you'll get like three characters left. Just put something <laughs> fun in there. Ironically, I shortened Beneath the Planet of the Apes so I could fit more characters in, and then adding apes with friends would take it away. <laughs> probably not the best idea. All right, now can we move on to news? News! So David Cameron sent out a tweet. Anybody see that? Mm-hmm. You didn't see David Cameron. This is the, the current whatever he is, Prime Minister of, of over in England. Oh, him on the phone. On the phone. That's old. Man. I don't it think I. Like I don't think I follow him. No, it was like last week. Was it last week? Yeah. No, I don't follow him either. But the reason it was funny is because everybody wondered why would you take a selfie of yourself on the phone, supposedly discussing this Ukraine situation with the Russian tanks and everything that are yeah, invading right. that. And the selfie picture is like I'm on the phone with President Obama now discussing this. So I forget his name, but there's a comedian who chimed in, and he's holding a roll, a, a, a tube of Crest toothpaste, going, okay, I'm on the line, what's the stats? And he tweeted both of them back. This snowballed. Yeah. The next one that came out was Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Stewart, Stewart. Yeah. Oh, holding Patrick wet naps, picture. going, all right, I'm on the line. And then Will Wheaton jumped in, and just, I mean, it's just boom, boom, yeah, boom, boom, all the way down the list. And Quick was telling me, he's like, dude, you got to get on this. Go find yourself a go, go take a picture. I was like, ah, I don't want to mess with it. He says, no, no, you got to go do it. So then there was this big article uh, that this news station put together, uh, one of the big ones. It wasn't CNN, but it was one of the main online print media. So it was Huffington Post. <laughs> it was Huffington Post. And uh, they had the, the, the tweet stream list. And Matt got on that. So he's oh. like two de- Like there's Patrick Stewart and there's Will Wheaton and then somebody holding a TARDIS <laughs> up to their ear going, okay, I, I missed it. And then there's Quick's picture. And then so I was like, man, I should have got in on that. <laughs> I could have been on the news. I just thought that was funny. And there was a TARDIS. So it was I still, didn't realize it was Matt, still news. Matt was part of the chain now. So it is news. Yeah. It is new. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. Ally Who has announced some new guests. Are we doing news now? We're doing news now. That was news. That was news. And there was a, a different kind of news. But no, it was a TARDIS <laughs> in it. It was Doctor Who news. There was a guy with a TARDIS holding it up in that tweet stream. So it was news. At the very least, Patrick Stewart got gets honorable mention because it's sci-fi. So. And he's did awesome. Ian McKellen do it? He's awesome. Ian McKellen didn't do it. Uh, then that would have been a Who got person. Patrick Stewart's going to be a plant Comic Con. So yeah, we'll see. Will Wheaton did it. He's going to be at Planet Comic Con. So that's true. And he's been on our show, kind of. He has been on our show. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, who's Ally? <laughs> Emma Campbell Jones is coming to Ally. Who? Woo! Do you know who that is? Sean? I do know that she okay. was at Galley. Yes, I got to see her with Paul McGann watching Night of the Doctor. Oh. She was also in the episode of The Wedding of River Song. She was. I don't so, remember who she played. I remember reading Dr. That. Kent. I don't remember that character I at all. I don't remember either. that character at all. But Cass from Night of the Doctor will be there. And then, they're just rounding out the Eighth Doctor uh, <laughs> guest. <laughs> at the beginning and the end. E.G. So is joining. E.G. In a rare East Coast appearance. So that's 
some great announcements for uh, Elihu. I wish it weren't in November. I would really like to go to it. You fly out to Long Island for a hoocon? It's not too far out from my sister, so... Well, I guess that's true. You've got a place to stay. Well... Or a reason to go visit your sister. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'll go visit my sister, go to the con, come back and visit my sister, come back. There you go. Also in news... A three-disc Region 1 Blu-ray release of An Adventure in Space and Time has been announced. Yay! Tuesday, May 27th. Ah, so far away. <laughs> but it will include a bunch of bonus features, including the making of, uh, the one that came out, that broadcast afterwards, I believe, uh, William Hartnell, the original, that little featurette, uh, Regeneration, Doctors 1, 2, and 3 recast, Reconstruction, uh, four sequences, not sure what that is, Farewell, David Bradley, Christmas Greeting by David Bradley, and a deleted scene. It will also include the third disc will be an unearthly child, all four episodes, and and the unaired pilot. Ooh, clever! Yeah, yeah. especially so for you get a Blu-ray, American release, a DVD, and the DVD with an earthly child. It's so a good chance. That, it's a Blu-ray DVD. Combo. Good chance that people that didn't have never watched Doctor Who or, or haven't watched a classic series are more apt to pick it up if they know that they also get it's, the reference material on it. As yeah, well. and it's a great way to somebody who's watched the new series and is interested in the creation of it, hand yeah. them the whole box set and just go, here you go, watch yeah. this, and then it's, watch the first stories. That's genius. And for those of us that are Who fans and already own an Earthly Child, it's a genius way of getting us to fork over an extra five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, while To Entertain and BBC Worldwide do, do some bonehead things, like release a vanilla version of Web of Fear on DVD, <laughs> at least they're making up for it somewhat. In this, I didn't tell you. So, we, we we did we recorded our show and talked about the link to the go pick your cover uh-huh. for for the adventure space time, and then we found out that it wasn't working. So we're like, oh, we missed it. And then the news came the next day about that, the Blu-ray uh, coming out. out. Yes, and all of a sudden the link was working again. That oh. you could go back and revote or go back and vote. So I went, all right, well, screw that. I'm gonna I'm gonna vote because I don't want to miss out. So I got on and you know did my little vote thing, and it came up with this whole. Would you like to take a survey and fill us in on other... I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'll do it because I'm a sucker for online surveys. Yeah, to get a discount, which I probably won't use. (laughs) Because it's on the BBC shop and everything. So they're going through and they're asking, how many DVDs do you buy? I was like, geez, really? You want to go there? Okay. Big number. (laughs) (laughs) There's not enough fields here for me to fill that in. And and so I went through the thing, and then it had a spot for comments. Is there anything that you would like, you know, BBC to entertain, you know, anything you want to let us know? I top like four paragraphs. Please don't change the cover art. <laughs> we want to make sure that the new releases match up with the stuff that's come before when it comes to things like Enemy of the World and Web of Fear. When these come out, make sure they stay with the... I, I gave it to him. I gave well, him a whole... And then please, you, please, please don't change this because it'll drive me nuts. The Shortly after also we recorded, they released the package art for Enemy of the World. Oh, did they? And the spine is the same, which we covered that for... Uh-huh. Uh, web of fear. the web of fear. So the spine is at least the same. Once I saw the web of fears, spine was we the same. Was be, I just yeah. I was actually that relieved. I was I was 
not concerned anymore over See, it. I, it's I, still a bit different. Well, I don't mind, honestly, the fun font for the title. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, as I'm, long I'm as the, the spine way. is the same, I think it's... I'm the same way. I, the, the, the font on the front of it's, it doesn't bother me at all. And, and I, the I, artwork is still still in the same I like vein. The although there's been a, there's been a there's well, been, been a wide range of artwork. Of yeah, artwork, yeah it seems like every year. I also so like they, that the, the, the artwork now tends to spread all the way out instead of being cut off with the black yeah. on the top part. Yeah, that's true. It's a pretty cover too. Although it's if you look at something like Genesis of the Daleks, that was that's, was it all that all way, all way too? Up. Yeah, uh, but. Hmm. They went away very from very rudimentary artwork. Well, even this still going all the way up. It's just a star field, yeah. but it's still a continuation of the picture. Well, and, and you know, obviously, props to continuing to do cool artwork versus the let's take a video frame capture image and throw it up there like the VHS cassettes used to be. With <laughs> here's Tom or Baker of the holding on to the clay skull <laughs> from Morbius. Is, is yeah. it's, it's a side shot of him getting ready to put the wires yeah. together. And well, like, yeah, and then Dab Ross in the little circle. It's like, it's like one of the best Doctor Who stories ever one of the lamest covers yeah so but well, yeah. The, the price point for adventure in space and time is 25 srp really for the three discs how set. much 25 for a three disc set that includes the blu-ray the dvd and i'm assuming they, they don't say for sure but i'm assuming the dvd that's uh an earthly child is just the disc out of the beginning so i would bet yeah so it would even have bonus features there too that's in a, theory that's a deal and a half i bet not you don't think so uh-uh. Why would you repress a vanilla disc? Yeah, when you could have, when you already have some in print, you could just grab it out of others. Yeah, I don't know. The thing that makes me think that is the fact that the forty-minute pilot episode is on there too. Right, but I mean they're they're all part of one chunk there. Maybe I just I, I have a hard time believing that they would do that, but maybe it's possible. They haven't released bonus features other than what I mentioned, so they sometimes add extra ones later on. I'll probably eat my words about that. I'm going to eat my words about something <laughs> later. So, All right, what's next? Uh, the BBC 3 is set to stop <laughs> you should, That's your problem. You should say just BBC 3. BBC 3. The BBC is... BBC 1. BBC, BBC 3. BBC 2. BBC 3. BBC... Sorry. <laughs> Is going to stop transmitting and become an online-only channel. So that means those in the UK might not get their Doctor Who repeats. Boo! Uh, there was also the channel behind Doctor Who Confidential and Torchwood debuted on that channel. Yeah, because uh, only 1% of Ultimate the UK Guide was on that is channel. online. So, <laughs> yeah, they'll get their repeats. They'll, they'll send them there, and that's where people uh, look at You know, I, I would just oh, like oh, to point player, out, yeah. You, yeah. You, you, you canceled Doctor Who Confidential... And now your network's going away. <laughs> it's been going Maybe since only 2003. Uh, and it's estimated that it will save £50 million a year and put £30 million back in BBC One Drum. So that means... More it, Doctor Who! It, it could mean yeah. more Doctor Who or better production quality on Doctor Who. I don't, I don't necessarily mean it will mean more. I don't know how you can get any better. Well, if you canceled an entire network to give me a season of Paul McGann, I'm okay with it. <laughs> That's a good reason to do it. Speaking of, did you see the picture he tweeted? Actually, Which I don't yes. think was on Facebook until I posted it. No, I saw it on Facebook before that. <laughs> but that was because of Doctor Who TV. Here's what's more likely. If you save 50 million pounds? 50 million pounds a year. A, a year. year. 
you can sync some of that into production and you're you're saving that on your transmission, but you're still gonna have an online network. You could put that into a online web series, web series of Paul McGam, which I think is more likely I'm to okay. be sold to the BBC as opposed well, to something on one of the main channels. I'm okay with it. I don't it, care it, it, how it they get it to me, <laughs> as long as they get it to <laughs> me. According to this article, the BBC needs to save about 100 million pounds after the license fee was frozen in 2010 and cutting 15% of the budget. So this is a way of getting some of that back. Oh, so they're, they're so it's not necessarily, hole. yeah. It's oh, not bother. getting surplus. It's replacing. Yeah. Oh, bother. Well, you never know. <laughs> Doctor Who's going to wind up with pledge drops again. <laughs> <laughs> did you see? If you, you enjoy guys, programs like this on BBC, please donate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that uh, the da- the demons predicted this. Predicted the BBC. Almost said. That's I almost said Dave. Demons. It predicted the the demons, or the demons predicted it was a Devil's Hunt being broadcast on BBC Three. So when that broadcast, <laughs> this hadn't happened. It hadn't existed yet. BBC Three came around because of Doctor Who. Yeah. And it went off because they got rid of Doctor Who. Well, Doctor Who Confidential. Yeah. What else is coming out of BBC? <laughs> uh, BBC Two and BBC America are doing a four-part documentary series. Not canceled. Not canceled. News show. Well, BBC America, they get money from advertisers. They got bukus of money. The Real History of Science Fiction. The will, real history yes. of science fiction. We'll cover programs from Star Wars to 2001 A Space Odyssey, from Jurassic Park to Doctor Who. Uh, it's narrated by Mark Gatiss and will feature a number of sci-fi guests, including Shatner, Nathan Fillion, Stephen Moffat. Uh, there was another Who, David Tennant, Karen Gillian, and Neil Gaiman. I suddenly have a problem with this. Is, Is it real as an R-E-E-L? R-E-A-L. They missed the boat there. It sounds, well, <laughs> That's the problem. It sounds like in visual medium because science fiction's been around well for hundreds of years. We don't know how in much, print. We don't know if it's talking about 2001: Space Odyssey, the book, or Jurassic Park, the book first. <laughs> they were book first. They were book first. They were book first. Um, well, if do, you're going to do, do, do the history of science fiction, you got to delve into well. That are, they're breaking up into four episodes. Okay, right there, you don't have enough time. <laughs> uh, episode one is all about robots. Uh, so oh, so it's tackle, concepts. Okay. They'll tackle some okay. of the ice and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, episode two is space. Episode three is invasion, aliens landing on Earth. Okay. Episode four is time, which will be probably the very Doctor Who heavy one. Yeah. All right. Okay. So look for that. That cool. should be coming. Exciting stuff. Uh, Saturday, April 19th on, BB, uh, on BBC America. BBC Two has not uh, uh, said when when it's going to broadcast. The real history of science fiction. Yes. Cool. It's got a lot of big names in here. Christopher Lloyd, Rutger Howard, Peter Weller. Rutger Howard, he's a household name now. <laughs> he was in Batman Begins. He was in what? He was in Batman Begins. Yeah, he was. Kenny was Baker. A lot of people in Batman Begins. Kenny Baker. Oh, Kenny Baker. Do you, rec- do you recognize Joffrey from Batman Begins? Joffrey? And Game of Thrones was in Batman Begins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did know that. Yeah. Chris Carter. Ronald D. Moore. Joffrey. Yeah, Chris Carter's not doing anything now. So I love that you Richard Dreyfus. Joffrey. Joffrey? He's, sorry, he's Joffrey. Joffrey. 
Zoe Saldana, too. I love Zoe Saldana. <laughs> Maybe she'll talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Sean's got some news to bring to the table. <clears throat> Speaking of broadcasting things. Speaking of broadcasting and pledge drives. <laughs> uh, congratulations go out to the Hoovians of Wichita, who um, managed to fulfill their, their goal and got classic Doctor Who returned to KPTS, which is their local public television station. Um, apparently 20 years since it had last aired on the channel. Uh, a lot of hard work, but they did a, a pledge drive, and they managed to raise enough money to get uh, the three doctors. And, a, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and and um, uh, apparently, not only did they you know, get enough to get the three doctors purchased uh, to air on the show, or on the uh, station, they wound up with enough money to, almost to do all of Tom Baker's first season. So they held a pledge drive, and they're trying to get more people to donate so they continue to run them. And they're running them... Uh, I think it's weekly. I think it's I think it's Friday nights again. Maybe it's Thursday nights. I don't have the actual schedule. I'm copying this off. But uh, our compliments to Sean Bourne and his group down there who put that together. I'm going to take credit for this. Because <laughs> you said it wouldn't happen? I, I said I didn't <laughs> think it would happen, and it spurred them. It challenged them, and they had to more drive and, and determination to prove me wrong. And so now they have Doctor Who, classic Doctor Who on PBS because of me. You're welcome. <laughs> I did say I didn't. I couldn't see it happening, but I am. I am more than happy for them that they they got it. That's awesome. It's really awesome. Makes well, me I, wish we got that, that that station up here. Yeah, for, for the same that's reason a, that's that we the, do. That's the PBS station I grew up with. For the same reason that we do Friday Night Who at midnight is that kind of nostalgic, old school feel. Like just Doctor Who should be on public television. It's just it's supposed to be there. Um, I have one other thing that I just found, if it's all right. Sylvester McCoy apparently uh, let slip at a recent convention that he knows who will be the new master in Series 8, and that he will be, quote, very scary. It's Sylvester McCoy. (laughs) (laughs) That would be kind of cool. There's been apparently a lot of rumors that uh, Richard Armitage, Armitage, the guy from The Hobbit, Really? Who's Sylvester's... Last I heard was Charles Dance. Did you just spoil it for us? I don't think so. Well, if he shows up, then you'll know it's a spoiler. There's been a lot of rumor... There's been a lot of rumor that he might take over the role, I think, just because he's got a beard. Everybody's going, oh, he could be the master. um, See, I'd heard speculation that it was Charles Dance. Yeah, but if Sylvester knows... Uh, And he works with the guy... Oh, okay. I mean, he, I can see why that he, would start he, he, now. He has out. flown around the world to New Zealand several times now to work with the guy. So it's not really around the world for him. It's, it it's is down a couple of continents. It's around the world. <laughs> it's not around the it world. It is around though. the world from England. New Zealand halfway. is yeah. New Zealand is almost exactly the opposite side of the globe from England. The hemispheres? You're talking about north and Both. south? <laughs> no, it's not. England. New Zealand. Other side of Africa Hemisphere. and Australia. And yes. Asia. Yes, but Europe is right above Africa, so... Okay. And, so it's, and, not, and, it's not even halfway across yes, the globe. Yes, you're, you're, no, it's you're, like you're flying conf- from here to conf- Brazil. You're confusing it with Madagascar. No, it's yes. like flying from here to Brazil. Here, 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 I'll draw you a map. Here's, here's England. Okay. <laughs> this is that thing we're going to do Help where we out, talk Keith. about... Help going to Indiba. 
England, England's here. Okay. Europe's here, right? Africa's down here. Yeah. Madagascar is a tiny little island. See, but what you're doing is you're putting you're putting Europe way out here. No, over Africa. This dot is England. Yeah. That's that's Europe. Okay. Yeah. Russia. Yeah. Because you got to go all the way across Asia. Australia. It's over and down. Look how there, far away that is. It's, it it's is equal distance. It's it's closer. All right, I'll give you that. It's, but here's, it's here's further away. Here's from the other than thing: us. is that map is flattened out, so it's not that far. You guys are looking at well, it. yeah. If it was a globe, it would be almost equal distance apart. But it's not. It's not around the world. Around you're going, the, around you're the going world. half. What did I say? I said halfway he's around been, the world. He's flown, flown around the world twice. You said yes. Or several times. No, he said if you float halfway around the world twice. Several times. Because he keeps flying back and forth. He's flying down, though. So he's not even going halfway. He's not even going halfway around. Glenn, it's a globe. If you fly down, it's still half. (laughs) If you go from North Pole to South Pole, it's still half. For the record, it is 11,000 miles. And the Earth is 24,000 miles around. (laughs) That's halfway. 11,617. That's almost. I mean, it's halfway. not like flying from here yeah, to, to New Zealand, Australia, or here oh, to New Zealand. Oh, I can't work with this guy anymore. <laughs> All right, he's flown halfway around the world several times, so he knows who the guy is. It's only seven thousand miles from U.S. to New Zealand, and that looks like it's like the well, middle of the U.S. because it's on the other side of Australia. Yeah, it's not on the yeah, African on the, side of Australia. For two. To New Zealand. To New to, Zealand. No, no, to, uh, in relation to the UK. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's on okay, in relation to us, it's on our side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why are we having a geography? <laughs> <laughs> we know we're not good at this. Hey, you were right about this one. I was right about this one. You were right about this one. Turlo talked about it last year. It's not halfway, year, though. Not yeah, quite halfway. It's <laughs> nearly halfway. It is nearly halfway. Okay. Anyway. I didn't realize it was, I learned today, I didn't realize it was a further flight than, or a further distance than from here. To Australia, which is a mammoth flight. So. Yeah. Oh, good for him. <laughs> he be, might be better off flying over the top of the world than down on the other side. Um, <laughs> Mark Strickson actually. So. Mark Strickson <laughs> talked about this last year at Galley because he, he he does a lot of stuff in New Zealand for his phone crew, and I think he lives there part time. But when, because uh, he had left to go to England for something, and then left England to go to L.A. for the con, and Ooh, he joked that there's flying. Around he he the said, world. "It's yeah. at this point now that I'm in L.A., it's easier for me to continue on around the globe to go home than it is, <laughs> yeah. you know." So, yeah, because you would, you'd go from L.A. across the U.S. Yeah. and fly yeah. home. Wow. <laughs> that's a lot that's of a, travel. A, a lot of frequent flyer miles. Oh, you might catch yourself coming and going that way. And I thought my dad's 11-hour flight was not bad. 11 hours is bad, though. Your dad's 11-hour flight to Thailand? Well, Puts was, him closer to, to New Zealand. That was to China. <laughs> and then they had like oh, a 12-hour layover. And then they had a couple more hours just to get to Thailand from China. They had a 12-hour layover? Yeah, in China. And they couldn't leave the airport. Because they, they couldn't get like visas or something. And they wanted to go see the Great Wall, but they couldn't get day visas for whatever reason. They wouldn't let them do it. Communism. Yeah. <laughs> you laugh, and it's probably true. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> that one I'll give you. <laughs> you are a great A correct there, my friend. <laughs> the communism, that's the reason. Uh, all right, let's move on to feedback. Feedback. First up, 
Brenda. She writes, Celebrity Encounters. Dear Vortex Gang, It has been quite a while since I checked in with you guys because I have had nothing of interest to contribute to your discussions. But I do eagerly listen to each podcast as soon as it's posted. If And that's quite a compliment since I often know little to nothing about what you're discussing. <laughs> I still find Neither it- do we, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I still find it all fun and interesting, so you're obviously doing a great job engaging your fans. I've been really busy for the past several months, but I need to give some background to fill you in on my activities. When I was laid off from my stressful corporate America job a year ago, I was devastated and immediately started looking for another full-time job. But as the months stretched on and... I was no closer to full employment. I decided to expand what I was already doing on the side and make it more full-time. I have begun several mommy and me music classes for babies and toddlers. I do music activities in Mother's Morning Out programs. I I started early childhood music programs for children ages 3 to 5. I direct a a choir for children in grades K through 2 and assist uh, with our church choir for children in grades... 3 through 12. I've also taken on several piano and voice students and have begun doing music activities for birthday parties. All of these musical jobs are so rewarding and fun and every day I get an abundance of sweet hugs and kisses from precious children. I also sing professionally in two choirs, both of which recently recorded CDs. As you might imagine, these many jobs make my schedule quite complicated and there are often holes that in that schedule. On any given day, I might have music classes for babies in the morning, piano lessons in the afternoons, and rehearsals or concerts at nights, but with gaps of several hours in between activities. So about four months ago, I looked for a part-time job of flexible hours and found a wonderful opportunity. There's a rare, uh, there's a rideshare community called Lyft, pronounced like Lyft, but spelled with a Y, and began operating in Atlanta last fall. People download a smartphone app and register credit card information. Then if they need a ride anywhere, they request a lift on the app, and the closest lift uh, driver on duty receives a notification to pick them up. What a fun community. Uh, we are a fun community, and each driver is encouraged to make their rides unique and fun. We all have giant fuzzy pink mustaches that we put on the grill of our cars <laughs> to help passengers recognize us when we arrive at their pickup location. And many drivers them have themes in their cars, provided snacks, and interact with passengers like they're our friends. I've had such fun with this job, regularly meeting really interesting and cool people. For my unique ride, I decided to make my own little Who-mobile. I have a TARDIS and canine bobbleheads mounted on my dash, as well as a little Dalek flashlight and a couple of sonic screwdrivers. When passengers recognize the Who theme, we have great conversations. If they ask what the items represent, it gives me a chance to talk up the show and encourage new fans. I have attached a photo of my new, my Who dashboard for your enjoyment. Cool. <laughs> That's very cool, Brenda. And we will, of course, post these. Oh, we, yes. Uh, she continues. I really Keith en- actually went down, looked at the photo, and came <laughs> back <laughs> up. Uh, I really enjoyed the Gallery One reports and your discussions about the current situation with photos and autographs at conventions brought to mind my own celebrity encounters. I've never attended a con, but I do frequently wait at stage doors after seeing Broadway and other theater so- shows, so I've had some fun encounters there. I saw Brent Spiner in Big River around 1985. And about 10 to 15 years ago, later, I saw him as John Adams in 1776. Oh, that would have been good. 
Both were singing roles, and he's really quite good on the stage. I met many of the cast of Next Gen when they came to Atlanta in the play Every Good Boy Does Favor or Deserves Favor. But I was so starstruck I forgot to use my camera. <laughs> that play featured Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Gates McFadden, Brent Spiner, and Cole Meany. I've also met Hugh Jackman, Chris Noth, Charles Durning, Rue McAllahan, 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 Leslie Jordan, Mary Lou Henner, Michael Lin- uh, Learned, Jonathan Price, and lots of others <sighs> who are known in the theater world, though not so much on screen. I, mean, I beg to differ. I know all those people from movies <laughs> or TV shows. You've th- got half the cast of Evening Shade there. I think she's saying there are even more people than she mentioned that oh, okay. might not be not as well known. Oh, all right. <laughs> Jonathan Price is a proper movie star. He is. And the master. That's who's going to play him next. Oh. <laughs> I would love that. I met George Takai when he came out to Columbia, South Carolina, where I was living at the time, shortly after the first content, uh, first Star Trek movie came out. But my favorite encounters are the several times I met Ewan McGregor. First, when he was filming Big Fish in Alabama. Later, at a charity event in London. And again, when he performed Guys and Dolls in the West End. There's a very long story there, but I'll save it for another time when I'm not running into a deadline as you start, record, start to record this week's show. I've attached some of those photos for your enjoyment. Which, Brenda, I will make a post on the website, much like I did for Daryl, and upload all of your pictures of celebrity encounters on our website and create a Facebook page. She says I've attached for your enjoyment. Hopefully she doesn't want to share it. (laughs) Assuming you allow us. I'll wait till I get your word. (laughs) I hope everyone has a great week after our two forays in the frozen tundra territory and two snows. Storms that kept us housebound until it either melted or the salt and sand did their work. I'm happy to have experienced seeing 70 degree days and the beginnings of spring. I suspect this news will annoy those of you who are still stuck in winter, but I consider this penance for everyone who laughed at us when we had no equipment to deal with the snows <laughs> and they shut down the city. How would you like? How would you all like to visit Atlanta now? You're all very welcome here, Brenda in Atlanta. Well, Brenda, we had 75-degree uh, weather yesterday, 70-degree weather this morning, and we're supposed to get snow tonight. So. And it's currently dropped down to 40 degrees. Oh, gosh. Although it's not supposed to drop very much lower. So, Welcome yeah. to Kansas. Very cool, Brenda. And there's some great photos here, and Keith will have those on the website. Uh, pending notification from you. Brit Spiner looks drunk. <laughs> It's just an unfortunate, you know, picture when it was snapped. He's kind of got a surprise photo. His eyes halfway closed, but he was blinking. Charles Durning looks cold. So does Hugh Jackman. (laughs) Well, they're in Atlanta. Yeah, but like (laughs) Charles Durning has got his head like down. Yeah, I think that's Charles Durning. Yeah, it is. Those are great. All right, very good. Thank you very much. All right, next up is Chrissy. Oh, she changed her thing. She changed Sorry. her thing. It's from a different... Uh, what? A different, what? Different email address. Sorry, I I didn't recognize it. Oh, mine just says Chrissy. <laughs> so does mine. Mine doesn't. Uh, oh, those are photos. Maybe There's- that's why. <laughs> I don't have one. Oh, you're looking at blue skies. That's uh, Daryl. 
Oh, there's Chrissy. Okay. <laughs> Just another week in the vortex. Just another week in the vortex. Thank you. Uh-huh. Don't do that to me, Chrissy. That wasn't Chrissy. Well, I can hardly be blamed if she changes her email address. She didn't. Her that email address is the same. Well, then she shouldn't be confusing me with Daryl. <laughs> she didn't confuse you with Daryl. Yeah, she did. No. She made me confused. <laughs> she, made she, you, she made you confused, yes. She didn't confuse you with Daryl, though. That would imply she thought you were Daryl. I think you're not putting the right emphasis on the syllable. <laughs> Dear Vortex Boys, before I forget, a huge, it's all capital letters, I'm not making that up, thank you to Sean and Mel for procuring Colin Baker's autographic galley for me, and the envelope art was fantastic. Someone, I'm guessing it was Sean, drew the TARDIS spinning in the Vortex on the envelope with the caption, From Gallifrey with Love. And I enjoyed the galley recap as well. I don't think I've laughed so hard in my life. Well, maybe I have, but not in recent memory. Were we particularly funny that week? I haven't Apparently, gone back so to listen pe- to the show, lots but of lots of people have commented. Come that. Uh, I think it was Holly last week said yeah. Yeah. we were really funny. Okay. Anyway, I hope Daylight Savings Time finds <laughs> Sorry, you well. Sorry to disappoint you this week. <laughs> okay, Daylight Savings. We are... In Daylight Savings Time. So right now, it's DST. Uh-huh. No. No, it's... Uh, CDT. CDT. Yeah. Central Daylight Time. Daylight Savings Time is the name is of the entire just, thing. We are in Central Daylight Time now. We just got out of uh, Central Standard Time. Central Standard Time, yeah. Why isn't it daylight time in the winter? Because that's what you're doing, is you're trying to save daylight. So why isn't no, it... No, 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 no. You're saving daylight. Well, ultimately when it came around, they were trying to save daylight in the evening for farmers so that they had more time to be in their fields in the evening, in harvest time especially. So that's why it Over happened the summer. in the summer. Yeah. Now, uh, we, we hold on to this rudimentary style of saving time because for energy costs, or for energy reasons is why, why they say, because in the summer you use less energy when there's more light. So in order to save some of that energy, that's why we continue to utilize the daylight savings but time. But it's still, that's the reason rev- why Congress it's still thought of as You're still saving daylight time. savings during the summer, yeah. even though we're not. Well, we're, we shifting, we're shifting we it so we saving, have more daylight. Well, we're saving but that's daylight. the way it should be anyway. It's, I mean, we we're not just, storing the daylight somewhere. No, that's but what, what I, you're looking no, at. No, but, but, but what I'm saying is... We're saving daylight for the farmers the abbreviations, for more time. The abbreviations are, are central daylight time and uh-huh. central standard time. Standard, but we right. use daylight time over the summer months yes. and standard time over the winter months. Correct. Because we're saving time in the summer. We're saving daylight in the Because it's daylight savings time. So Bottom line, folks, if you time. see a tweet about Friday Night Who and it's wrong, <laughs> it came from me. Ignore <laughs> Although it. Although earlier I tweeted one about Flicks with Friends and did CST out it's of a, habit. It's at you know midnight. What? I know what it figure is. Figure it out. <laughs> I know what it is. You think, you think uh, uh, CST should be Central Summertime. That's where you're confused. Or Central about. Savings Time? Central Savings Time. Sure. That's what it is. <laughs> Central, yes. I, I know it's central, central savings. I know it's yeah. central standard time, but that's summer. That's the way it should be. That's the way it is. We set the clock. No, 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 no. Standard is what the rest of the world is, and that's what it is. <laughs> standard is, standard is because that's the standard twenty-four hours. That's what was invented back so many years ago when they decided to start. When they invented clocks, decided to put everybody on a twelve or twenty-four hour. 
So when right Boston. now in the summer in the U.S., we're off the rest of the world. Correct. Actually, yes. Actually, now because Congress has extended it so much, well, it's, yeah, we're off the rest of the world the majority of the year because it now starts in March and it doesn't end until October. So yeah, November. Yeah, no, that's right. It February, is February to November yeah. now. So or March to November. March There's to November. we we only have two or three months that we're in standard time that we're. Synced up with the rest of the world. All right, the rest of it's, you I out there are wrong. I think it's and you need to come to join us in the light. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that we still hold on to this thing. And I, I wish somebody could explain to me how the energy savings justify spreading it out further. Because when you adjust your clock, it doesn't make any sense because you're losing that time in the morning. So you're not really saving anything. You're going to lose that much time. You, well, you're going to use I think more. The idea is people are home more in the evenings. Where right. it will stay light longer, where they might not need to turn their lights on in their house. Right. Now, granted, turning lights on compared to like running the AC or the heater is nothing in energy. Well, that's true. It's such a small <laughs> drop in the hat. Yeah. 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 That's any, the problem. It's, any bit helps. It's, 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 it's all yeah. based on your, because all the businesses set their exterior awning lights to kick on at certain times, and if it gets dark earlier, your lights are going on earlier. Yeah, but they're going off earlier in the morning. Yeah, and nobody looks at it yeah, that no, way. Nobody's up, and not as many people are up at that time. That's but that's well, no, 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 no. I'm going to argue this point because I'm not saying it's right. No, no, no. I'm going <laughs> to argue that point because that that doesn't make any sense. Because if they're on a timer and they're not actually okay. flipping a switch themselves, no. Listen, well, in the morning when it's light light longer, they're going to shut off earlier. So it doesn't make any it, it for, doesn't for make the, any difference for, for the business aspect. Yes, on the outside lights, inside yes. lights at businesses though. They're not on a timer. They're when oh, people leave and turn off the lights. Okay. I can Granted, they need, the, they need the lights on anyways because they can't. It's but, a business. But awnings they awnings and, the, awnings yeah, and street lights and things like that. Yeah. We never bothered adjusting the other arm on our – every place I've ever worked, we always set the one to go off earlier and never changed the other one. We never even bothered with it. The, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. about. Oh, okay. there, there's, there's a, there's, sorry. <laughs> I'm never, sorry, Chris. We'll get back to your email in a minute. the arm. <laughs> there's, there's a timer wheel, and there's a little doodad that sticks out here, and you've got your little arms that stick out that say, this is what time I want it to come on, and this is what time I want it to go off. Right, okay. So that oh. when it clicks around, well, you change this one because you want it to go on earlier. This one never, ever, ever changed. So it still so it goes off still going same, off at the same time. Well... From and the adjusted time, not because of a cost-cutting measure on our part, but just because a we're not screwing with it. We just it's screwed in. It's a Choose pain to pull off and readjust. And they didn't they frequently. If you unscrewed one part of that thing, the entire assembly would fall off the wall. <laughs> Literally everywhere I've worked, it's the worst designed mechanical contraption I've ever seen. <laughs> Is I've this never, stupid I've never timer? I've never had to been deal with that. Either. Oh, it's a tiny little like jeweler screw like, that holds this like thing the together. Parking lot lights and yeah, whatnot? Huh. and it was that way at Blockbuster. Was that way at Hollywood? It's a standard. Oh, you work in retail, you get one of these. And it's like I don't want it, but they give it to you, and um, yeah, it's horrible. Huh. So I just at any rate, if it's, if you see a tweet <laughs> and it's wrong, you know it came from me, and just figure it out on your own. It's midnight here. Okay, <laughs> that's where I'm going with that. Um. Sorry, Chrissy, we hijacked that from you. Anyway, I hope Daylight Savings Time finds you well, or at least on time. So from now on, you guys can start saying Central Daylight Time. I see, I should have just listened to Chrissy. <laughs> but she doesn't know what email she's sending from, so I don't know. On the subject of Lego and Doctor Who, 
I know what Sean was going for. See, she is so simpatico with me. Why, Chrissy, you should just come replace Glenn on the podcast. <laughs> she likes you better than me. Well, there's that. You made fun of her doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still paying you're for still, that. You're still bruised on the one arm. <laughs> Uh, he's talking about people who are going to drop a ton of money in order to collect niche items in the geeky realm. This more or less started with Star Wars Lego, and it's just blossomed outward with properties like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and Marvel and Batman. Personally, I love Lego. I have since I was a kid. And when I got the Lego Star Wars video game, I played the crap out of that thing. I haven't played it in a long time because, well, I don't have a gaming console of my own. All the video games I played as a kid are at my parents' house. And I'd have to contend with my siblings coming over who actually owns it. I don't have a whole lot of time to play video games anyway. It's the same as with collecting action figures, whether it's a Doctor Who figures or Marvel characters or anything else. There's even a contingent of adults who collect Barbie dolls. My point, and this may be Sean's point as well, is that Lego falls into the category of toys that adults collect as well as being toys that kids play with. And what kind of adults collect toys? For lack of a better term, geeks do. Was that the point you're trying but to make? It, sure, I'll go with that. <laughs> well, but had you said toy fans are Doctor Who fans, I probably would have been more inclined. But you were singling out Lego. And what that tells me is that if I'm a geek, I'm obviously going to collect Lego. My point was... What it tells you is Chrissy is My point spoken. was that Doctor Who fans will collect Lego if it's part of their niche, meaning if there's Doctor Who Legos. Same thing with Star Wars fans. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to collect, probably, like you're more likely to collect Star Wars Legos. You can't say a blanket statement like Lego fans are also Doctor Who fans. I didn't say that. You did. No, I I didn't. I listened back. No, I didn't. I said I think there's a majority of people that would fit into both camps that would tend to to collect this. I'm trying to do the Venn diagram. I I will post a Venn diagram and make a visual. (laughs) No, no, wait. I think I think you got there eventually in your conversation, but that's not how you framed it. Well, and I went back and listened again to make sure. you know my way my brain works. I always so that's what I start with a half formed idea and then have to get down to it. That's what I. I was taking uh, a stance on was the fact that the way you had originally framed it, I I couldn't wrap my brain around. That. <laughs> You're trying to paint it me into one of those algebra corners. It wasn't of, until it wasn't until all Keith, elephants are pink. It was Dumbo is up, an elephant. Dumbo must be pink. <laughs> it wasn't until Keith, who apparently was on the same level as you, brought up the Venn diagram, and then that's when I kind of realized where you were going. Okay, that. but uh, you're, you're, that happens a lot. And, and Chrissy. Who apparently also interpreted it that way <laughs> is arguing in favor because of that, but that's not how you initially framed it. All, so that's why all, I, all of my argu- that's why the defenses automatically shot up. Here, here, here's a visual for you: all of my arguments start like a gargantuan giant block of marble, and you kind of have to chip away to yeah, find the Statue of David somewhere you know, in there. You know, I don't function that way, so you've got to have to approach it better. <laughs> Who fans like Lego? Anyway. <laughs> I actually had a similar conversation with some people at my new second job, trying to convince them that geeks are worth marketing to because they'll drop tons of money on something they can use in cosplay. They probably think I'm nuts, but that's another story for later. Yeah, I'd buy that. But now, see, Glenn's going to be arguing because he's going to say not all geeks, geeks are cosplayers. Geeks cosplay. so, you know. Well, I think that's certainly true, too. It, 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 I think it is a smaller majority or minority of cosplayers out there, but wouldn't compared you, to I think it's growing. Overall, I think it's, growing. I, I think it's growing. And if if there was something that was a affordable and b accurate, wouldn't you be more inclined to do it? Huh? Wouldn't you be more inclined to cosplay 
if you could find something that was readily available and easy to put together and and and, and you could do it would you be me personally, you no, wouldn't you be more inclined no, to do it no, no? Um, but but in generality yes but me no uh, i i'm not a, i just i don't dress up i'm not a fan of dressing up he doesn't like to dress up at halloween yeah <laughs> it's true it's true okay me personally, I've no. I've seen but, you dressed up, actually. I think I can count on one let hand. Me, let, me cra- let, me, let me crawl into your brain here, because I am agreeing with this, 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 the uh, it's sentiment. It's a scary place. Don't stay long. I, I agree with the sentiment that, that, yeah, the majority of people, if, if, if it were available, there'd be more. they would be more likely to do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Who was it that talked about Goodreads and book clubs? Personally, I adore Goodreads. I use it all the time. I used to be a little self-conscious about the stuff I read, but now that I'm Goodreads and I can see what my friends have read, I don't feel so bashful about my reading habits. Now that I'm Goodreads and I can I think see... think she meant on. 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 She just left on. Now that I'm Goodreads. Okay. Uh, plus well, Chrissy should start the book club then. She's already Goodreads. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a librarian. <laughs> Can't get any more official than that. Plus, it's a great way to find out if a book is something I want to read or if it's, uh, or if I want to recommend it to someone. Those user reviews are really great. If nothing else, it's the best place i found for finding out details about different book series. How many books are in a series, what order to read them in, release dates, etc. As far as book clubs go, I've been on a few book club groups for work, but we take a few months to focus on one specific genre and discuss the different subgenres. This quarter, we're talking romance which is actually pretty interesting, surprisingly enough. Or maybe it's just interesting to librarians. I rarely have much to contribute to these discussions since I'm never really sure what to say, but I wouldn't be opposed to a Traveling the Vortex book club. I mean, you guys review books on the podcast every once in a while, but I've noticed that those episodes tend not to have so much feedback reviews, and I can see why. It takes a long time to read a book and an even longer time to get all your thoughts garnered in order to discuss it. Maybe we could set it up where we make up a list of books you guys have already read for the podcast, and we discuss one over the course of a month or two. I know we're... I know there are books you guys have talked about that I want to read, but I haven't made the time to do it. Just something to think about, and I would be happy to spearhead it if you'd like. I just have to figure out how to how good read good yeah. I just have to figure out how Goodreads group moderation works. Shouldn't be too hard. I know Brittany's on board. Let me know what you guys want to do, and if any listeners are interested in doing such a thing, hit me up on Twitter at Wildcat underscore media and let me know. It's not like I have anything else to do. <laughs> yeah, there's a little smiley face there because she's lying. But she would do it for us. It's yours, Chrissy. Uh, if seven, you volunteer, seven, have an official if, vote. Yeah. <laughs> All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Vote carries. Ayes have three it. Three to zero. Um, yeah, if, if you volunteer to do something for us, we're probably going to give it to you. Ask Michelle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is facilitating our uh, Tumblr page. So and Michelle, again, Michelle, I haven't forgotten about you. I don't know if you've been following my Facebook page. Day two of Galley is now posted on the photo, <laughs> so I am working on it. It's just we got these quicker than we got Hawaii slow. pictures. Yeah, because I was thinking of you. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of Goodreads and reviews, here are mine for the week. See how I did that? The Sandman. This story reminded me a lot of A Good Man Goes to War, where the Doctor is seen as a villain, and the word Doctor means great warrior instead of being associated with a person who fixes things and heals people. The Doctor became a monster to the Galliari, and he actually played that part up as long as he could. Too bad Sixy is kind of a teddy bear at this point, and his ruse didn't last very long. Mostly because Evelyn's not buying it at all, and I think it's hilarious that she doesn't. Also, I want to see a picture of a Galliari. 
Maybe Glenn wouldn't like a bird-reptile-anthropomorphized hybrid alien thing. <laughs> Still, it sounds interesting. And Nintaru? Yes. Reminded me of Alpha Centauri from The Curse of Peladon. Yeah, it's something oh, in the voice, I guess. Yeah. I me didn't t- think that. Me but, three. Um, let me let me stop you right there. Oh, God, I've got to get back on this anthropomorphized thing. Don't, don't misunderstand me. If you're going to take and you, you start to kind of blend animals together, at least you're being creative and trying to do something new. It's when you got rhinos just walking around. See, uh, I, I got the impression they were walking I, I around thought of this, millions. I thought of the I thought it's the last week and he, when he brought up we were talking about um, the Akrons and yeah. he, he said did you have a problem with the fact I, or maybe I said you said that, that. Yeah, they, said they were anthropomorphized the and fish um, and uh, octopuses or squids or whatever and that, that goes to that as well is if it's described by using or, or even shown to me by using things that I maybe already relate to you get you get A for effort for trying for t- doing something different. It's when it's a it's clearly a rhinoceros <laughs> running around on two legs, and you used no thought or any sort of creativity there. That's what bothers me. Okay. That's what I have a problem with. So there you go. <laughs> I would love to see uh, half. Uh, what would she say? Um, Bird slash reptile anthropomorphic hybrid alien thing. I would be fine with that. At least so kind of like a raptor from Jurassic Park three, but more humanized. Those were kind of birdish. They, were, they had the feathers or bird the feather ridges. You didn't see the hand no. motion. I just did. But <laughs> I don't want to see. I don't want to see the raptors from Jurassic Park three as as the. Well, that's what she just. That's that's what I imagine. <laughs> At least they can't open doors. <laughs> Bang, bang, a boom. Maybe this is because I've been marathoning episodes of Castle lately, but this story felt a lot like a screwball murder mystery. It's a fun story, if a little weird, that whole thing with the Doctor and the Queen. Yeah. But it was enjoyable. Um, yep, that's all I've got on it. This one didn't make that much of an impression on me, but I still had fun listening to it. That's all I've got for this week. Sorry it was so long, but I had a lot to talk to you guys about. And if Glenn ended up reading this one, I... Apologize profusely, unless he was being a buzzkill again. Then I'm not the least bit sorry. (laughs) Chrissy. P.S. Don't ask me how I discovered this, because I don't remember, but I found out that the Big Finish audios are listed on Goodreads as books. They're probably considered audiobooks, but still. And here's a link. So now I wonder if I could count those toward my Goodreads (laughs) challenge for the year. Only if you do it in the year. Ironically, Chrissy, I stumbled across that myself recently, and I thought, oh, I'm going to get through my 30 bucks now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Very good. Well, thank you very much, Chrissy. And up next is Holly. Last but not least is Holly. Chrissy Holly writes, the same... Chrissy oh, had oh, another Chrissy one. Chrissy did have a second Chrissy one. Go had ahead. another one. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. sorry. Sorry, Holly, we'll get there in a second. <laughs> you guys give me things to do, and then you take them <laughs> away from me, and I was confused again. <laughs> one more thing. I need to give the five-minute rebuttal on why they could bring Ian back for a cameo appearance in Series 8. At the end of Death of the Doctor, Sarah Jane said it was a rumor that Ian and Barbara hadn't aged since the 60s. She'd never actually met them to know for sure. Also, this wouldn't be the first time something from that episode had been ignored. The doctor said he could regenerate 507 times, and, well, look how well that stuck to the canon. (laughs) Sarah also said that Ian and Barbara were teaching at Cambridge, and, well, we know that isn't true anymore, at least not as of Day of the Doctor, with Ian being head of the governors, or whatever it said on the sign. 
I'm not saying it'll actually happen, but I'm also not saying it couldn't happen. Sort of like Sean holding out hope that there would be classic doctors in the 50th, and that turned out to be true. Just not in the way we expected. Okay, I'm done for real this time. I just have to hope this goes through and doesn't get bounced back, Chrissy. P.S. We got it. I debate out of love. Don't think I'm being contrary or snotty, <laughs> just to be contrary and snotty. No, I'm going to give you that, though, because that's... I think all of our listeners debate out of love. That's, uh... they got to keep us honest. Yes. And I, part of my... I, I agree with that, Chrissy. You're, you're absolutely right. Part of my um, resistance to that still is the fact that I just... I like that imagery. I, I That's part of the reason I don't want to see them back, or him back, because I like the imagery of the ageless Ian, but it's not like I'd, what if, what if it's it, not like I'd hate it if they really <laughs> certainly be all right. With what it. if it was William Russell and the woman that played Barbara on Adventure Space Time recast as Barbara? No thanks. I didn't think the Barbara was all that great. I didn't either. But no, I thought the Barbara was good. The Ian wasn't. No, the Ian was horrible. The, the, I the, Barbara, the Barbara was I pretty good. I think the Barbara was, was better than uh, Susan. Susan. Oh, yeah. See, I thought Susan. Was I thought Susan good. was better. Yeah, much better. Just curious. Maybe not the sound, but the look. All right, Holly, now we're there. <laughs> Just the Sandman and Bang Bang a Boom. Hey, guys, great last podcast. I'm so looking forward to spring and warmer weather like the rest of our fellow listeners. And no, I haven't moved, though if I ever do, I think I know who to look up and I'll make sure there's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the Sandman, a good audio that kept my attention. The Doctor being the person behind the Sandman legend was interesting, and we can see. So he's not too proud of that moment and does want to change it. Bang, bang, a boom. I like this audio, and I even like the little continuity intros, the new parts of the story, all of what the BBC would do right before episodes would air on television. I'm thinking that this was only a one-shot and part of the story plot. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking that this was only a one-shot and part of the story plot, but every now and again, with some of the Big Finish audios, I wouldn't mind having a little refresher as to what happened in the episode before, especially if there's a lot of exposition given or a whole lot of action going on in all corners of the story. I was really chuckling when the Doctor was getting pursued by Queen Angvia, and then them becoming a bit starry-eyed about Oh, and then become him becoming a bit starry-eyed about her. I really liked Mel paired with Seven in this audio. The music competition was cu- was a cool kind of futuristic Euroversion, or would that now be Galactic Planet competition? <laughs> I was laughing hysterically at the end when the Doctor takes over for Nicky Newman and plays the spoons and actually winds up winning the whole competition. I can just imagine Sylvester in the recording studio playing his spoons all over the place. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing what you and the... Uh, you and the others think of these two audios. Holly from Wisconsin. By the others, I'm hoping she means our listeners. <laughs> I think it certainly yes. wasn't just talking to one of us and the other two. And if that's the case, was it me and others or you guys? Or is it... Uh, just kidding, Holly. Thank you very much. Others. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into reviews. The Sandman. When the Sixth Doctor and Evelyn visited the Clutch, a large community of spacecraft that never settled on one planet, Evelyn discovers that the Doctor is held in fear by the Galari. They know him as the Sandman, a figure from their mythology, an ancient boogeyman, and the Doctor does not deny being that which they regard with fear. Dun, dun, dun! 
I quite enjoyed this one once I figured it out. <laughs> that's what's that's what that's the thing with this story is. It's backwards. It's backwards. It starts <laughs> off and, and and you get the oh he's a, he's this Sandman. He's this bad guy. He's the boogeyman. And we all we all know the Doctor. We're all thinking, well, no, obviously that's not the exact truth. And then. <laughs> It's episode two that we get the info dump of the backstory. <laughs> Which feels like an episode three, and it's like, oh, we're already here? Okay. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wait, he actually is. But evil and still doesn't believe in him, and then it goes on, and then you eventually learn what really happens. And I still think at the end of it, I was kind of confused. Specifically, why was it the Sandman? Did they give any reason of why he took the name Sandman? Because <clears throat> it was scary. <laughs> that, that's that's the only thing I, I walked away with. I don't was recall. That fact that I, was. I, I don't I recall sure an actual recall reason. An, a, a, yeah, rationale for that. So, did you realize that Annika Wills was the voice of uh, Narosh? I did not know that. I didn't either. I was a little disappointed. Huh. Oh, that's Narosh. Sorry, never mind. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly where. You're- I had to look it up. I was like, oh, never mind. I'll be darned. Annika Wills. I, I, I thought. Where's the big finish companion going? I, I didn't bring it. I looked actually. Holly was asleep, and I think it was in the room. I actually thought uh, about Rob bringing okay. it, but I, I looked all over the house except for our bedroom because I didn't want to go and wake her up. So. Yeah, that's she's, a valid. That's a valid reason. I'll let you have that. Her second part of her nursing school entrance exam tomorrow. Ooh. Well, good luck to Holly. It's the math part, so she'll ace that. She was worried about last week's, which was all the other stuff. She aced it too. So. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, um, I, I was thoroughly engrossed to listening to the entire thing, trying to figure out what was going on. So I give it, I give it full props for that. I like the idea of the clutch and the way they describe the clutch of like a flock of birds, but they're ships <laughs> traveling through space. Such a clever idea of a. It's, it kind of had a almost a Rings of Akatan feel to it. Uh, when they're in the general populous area. Oh, okay, kind of the market square. Yeah, the market idea. square yeah. idea. That I, I really liked that part. Um, I thought Evelyn wasn't given quite enough to do. It was kind of nice when she got she went off on her own and was able to quickly track down the one dude, um, Mordekin, and figure that out. Um, but yeah, it, it was... It's a pretty interesting story, and I don't know what else I thought about it. It's I, when I when I started listening to this, it started off and, and really was grabbed my attention, especially that opening uh, part where it's kind of setting up the story that's going to happen later. And then the whole part, the whole from there all the way to before the Doctor and Evelyn get to. Um, the uh, was it Voskar 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 the 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 guy that they were looking for oh the yeah uh, all the way up to that I was just really confused as what was going on and it wasn't until he started weaving this the, the story and they were recounting it for Evelyn essentially that I kind of figured out where we were and what was going on but I was I was still really really lost because they 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 threw a lot of characters at us they know, really did they started out with. Uh, Marosha's story and what happened, kind of setting up that backstory. Then they threw Mordekinatus and Nintaru. Yeah, Nintaru and what and what was going on there. And 
So it wasn't until I got to that point that I think it for me it really took off and started building as a story that I really started and from there on I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I actually had to go back and re-listen to the beginning <laughs> because I I want, then framing what I knew about uh, where uh, Narosha was coming from. Then going back and listening to it again, it made a lot more sense, even though it kind of had clarified it as they expounded uh-huh. on it and explained it. Um, but I thought it was a little predictable as to... I, I shouldn't even say predictable, because I think in the in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, well, the doctor's really not this guy. That's, that's the predictable aspect yeah. of it. Because other than that, I had no idea where the story was going to go. Right. No, I don't think the story itself was predictable. The whole Nintaru race or whatever knew, they were and that whole idea, I had no idea. Right. But I knew the situation, and I knew that the doctor's, I knew the doctor's motives were a bit predictable as well. But I was fine with that, because it made sense within the context of the story. What I didn't... And, I maybe even saw that there was going to be another element involved that has taken over this role that the doctor is now, you know, sort yeah. of cover's been blown. Um, so all of that wasn't surprising to me, but I thought that the story was re- well structured and well done, and I thought I, I had a lot of fun. I thought it was a great. It's it's a dark story, um, but especially when we're talking about kids being slain and their their yeah. skin flesh being, off, yeah, yeah. <laughs> being stripped for them, from them. And finding out what this actually was, I thought there was a little bit of more, maybe a more of a uh, maniacal, you know, villain behind this. But it really ends up being more of a situational villain. Yeah. And I kind of like that. I that agree. was a surprise for me. So I was really impressed by that. I think it's predictable in the way that the other um, Pompeii story was, Fires of Vulcan. Yeah. yeah. We know how, we know they're going to get out. We just don't know how it's going right, to happen. Right, right. And we know he's not this villain. But how do they think he's that way? And why? And why? He, why is, did he have to shape yes. this? this uh, that that's what makes the story interesting. Yeah, um, it was also interesting to hear it from both sides because we hear it from uh, uh, Voshkar the first time when he's kind of telling the doctor instructs him to tell the story, and then we kind of hear it from the other side of it when when uh, the doctor's actually explaining what really happened. And his side of it, so it was kind of neat to see both, you know, uh, mm. sides of, of how that how those events played out, um, and how the perception is completely different depending on which side you're on. I mean, the doctor still kind of played it up, yeah. but it wasn't as much as as the uh, uh, what was the name of the the Galli, uh, Galliari had kind of really kind of <laughs> built this legend up. To well, be as as it does with legends, yeah, generations yeah, yeah. it builds up, uh, and I, it also helped that it was it was also sub- subliminally. Uh, imprinted on their on their species, yeah. essentially. So that kind of lends to the fact that it's it's built up bold and and, and bigger than it really is. Because they they feared nothing but the Sandman, and so that was their greatest fear. And so that preyed upon the the whole species. Yeah. If that's your only fear, it's got to be good. I mean, it's got to be big. So. And I loved the explanation of why they couldn't quite look at him. Yeah, the coat. <laughs> I was so Genius. looking forward to that. When they, okay, I thought, I wonder if it's the coat. <laughs> so you saw I, that. I thought, that was the only part I didn't see coming. And then, you, and then, you then, were then I thought talking myself, after last I week's episode, he brought that up, and I had already finished it. 
And so I couldn't, I had to bite my tongue and be like, yeah. Like, no. I hope that's what that's going to be, but I hadn't got there yet. It was a wonderful yet. way to fit an outfit that's always been mocked and, and hated and, and, you know, just completely dumped upon to make it part of the story and bring it in as kind of a character in its own right. Yeah. That was yeah. really neat. Because I've never had a huge problem with the with the coat. I, I've always liked the jacket. I've always liked the, the patchworking of it. Um, it's I will concur it's a little much, but uh, it's never bothered me. Uh, it bothered me initially. It, it, it's grown on me yeah, so it, much well, as it, we've gone. It, it really adds so much character to the Doctor. And as you, when you start watching the Do- Six Doctors era, it's really jarring. But then as you as you realize it matches his per- personality. As you get to know him. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's really kind of becomes a, a part of him as well. So, uh, But yeah. I was Which I wonder how much really has been pleased. written in over... <laughs> Over time to help excuse it. Well, I, think I, I wonder that, if that. Well, I, I think that's probably a recurring theme in the I mean, books certainly is and now, the audio. But yeah. I wonder if during the the yeah. episodes, if I, that I, was I, given I don't, any I don't think at all. during the episodes because uh, one of the bonus features on Time of the Doctor is Tales of the Tardis, and it's kind of like a Doctor uh, the Revisiteds that they did, uh, and they talked to uh, Colin, and he went a little uh, one step further from his Revisited special. And explained that they gave him, they said no to the black outfit and gave him this bright one because, uh, as Jonathan Nathan Turner pointed put it, he's bold and in your face. So he's, we're going to dress him that way. So they knew what his character was going to be like, so it was done one. on purpose. Yeah. So it was kind of a planned yeah. thing. Gotcha. That it fits the personality so well. Hmm. I don't disagree with anything either of you said. I, I think Keith, you hit it right on the head with you know the confusion at first, and okay, but yeah, we're not, we know he's not really this guy. And then I, I, there was a moment where I was a little worried, where he was in the in the, in the conference room and kind of lamb blasting the guy, and Evelyn's like, "Did you really do all this?" And he goes, "Yep." <laughs> and it's like, okay, so what's up? <laughs> There's got to be a hook here. What's the what's the scam? You know, well, what what helps. You in that scene is when he goes on to talk about the murders, and the doctor's like, "What?" That's when I was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah. he's he's just scaring him for that." Um, I agree with you. I think Evelyn wasn't quite given enough to do, which was so unfortunate. I was so looking forward to getting back into an Evelyn story because I missed her so much, and then she doesn't really do much in this one. She she had great moments with the um, smuggler. Yeah, uh, who I thought was a fun character. I liked him uh, quite a little bit. Although, anybody else notice that uh, for 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 an older broad, Evelyn does a lot of hanging out in the space bar. <laughs> we've had, yeah. we've had yeah, several stories now where she's at the pub. <laughs> it's like okay, but um, it wasn't really until they kind of had a little bit of a story going with the two of them that I kind of felt like, oh, finally Evelyn's, you know, getting something to do here. Um, I was a little confused when they all met back up because I was under the impression that, okay, we're, like you said, this flock of birds, and so we detached all the airlocks, and she made it in, and he didn't. And then one of the ships, I thought it was Evelyn's, was taken off. It did. To it's Mordekin's. Go, go yeah. do something else. But then she meets up with the guy in the pub on that ship, presumably. But then all of a sudden they're running together and they encounter the doctor in that other hallway. And it's, I, I don't know if I just, 
I missed a part where they redocked or they didn't cover it, well, or maybe I, I, I think you're thinking of the part where the doctor doesn't get back on the ship and is stuck and yeah. has to catch. But he basically just has to catch the next transport. The the the, the plane he oh, was on so it wasn't, wasn't leaving. The full blown, he wasn't. Uh, they weren't okay. leaving like the system. They were just moving oh, to a so new it's position sort of like in the writing, clutch. Writing. Oh, but was it Mordekin's ship, or was I don't it? Remember was it a transport to Mordekin's ship? I don't. It's like riding the, the subway. Like riding a subway, just train. had to catch the next shuttle or whatever. Because that would make more that, sense. That, that's the impression I got. Oh, okay. okay. Was that, that would make more sense? It was just it had to change a position in the clutch with that, whatever ship they were on in order to get to let somebody else park there. Oh, so she just had. Well, I, I don't know about why that would be. Why we needed to run down the hallway to catch this ship mm, if all this drama. ship was doing was moving over to here. Well. But, uh, yeah, I don't. I, I got the impression they were leaving the clutch. They, 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 they obviously didn't, didn't leave the clutch. To be honest with you, I didn't think much about it. <laughs> but the clutch, I thought, was a great idea, and it's it's a very very good sci-fi. Core. It's uh, Mass Effect uses this with uh, they call it the flotilla, and it's kind of this big gathering of ships that are just kind of uh. all tethered together. That you know, um, Italia's people. You have to go out, and her, her mission is to go out and make something of herself in the galaxy, and then come back and contribute to the flotilla for the rest of her people to support them. Which I thought, wow, this is just like that. This is really cool because that was one of the really strong story elements I, I got out of Mass mm-hmm. Effect. So uh, I was very pleased with it overall. A little less pleased with the whole genetic race memory kind of cropping up again. That that, I, that I'm almost feeling like is starting to become kind of a tried and true trope. Uh, well, the first couple of times it's unique, and then it becomes like, eh, okay, we've been there. When else used the genetic? It was that Eighth Doctor story. The Eighth Doctor to, story which would have come after this. Um, yeah, there's one that you guys haven't listened to yet that features it. There's um, and which 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 do you well, the, the which pl- one is after right? The the planet ones, the one we're thinking of, and the little girl, right? Yeah, yeah. The Eighth Doctor the eighth story. Doctor yeah. story. There, there's another one that, like I said, it's further down the line that you guys haven't listened to that uses it. And then, um, what was there? Was another one well, that was a planet or um, the dinosaur? The dinosaur one that I didn't like. The Fifth Doctor one wasn't that a genetic race oh, memory too? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the one where they were harvesting the bones and they were coming to life. Is that the one you're talking about? The one none of us liked. Yeah. <laughs> The fifth Doctor story. Was, yeah, but that's uh, that, that's not the one I'm thinking oh, okay. of now. There's another one. one. That was more the uh, yeah. I don't. There was at least one other one in here now that I kind of feel like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, we've just done this recently. So yeah, I just I I, I think I it, did it, it, coming it. on the I heels mean, I of the eighth Doctor. Maybe it's just because story, of we, the order that we're doing it. I see what I see what you're saying, but it didn't. I don't know. I I didn't relate it. Honestly, so this much. one I didn't have as much of a problem. No, with. No, I agree. This one did, at least they did it right. This one did it better than yeah. the Eighth Doctor yeah, story. Totally. Anyway. Maybe that's why. Yeah. That's why because it was a device, and that's yeah. No, it's, they, it's, they it's, explained it. It's a small nitpick, you know. But it's like when you get to the end of a story, and it's like, oh, it's the old self fulfilling time prophecy. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, um, the Galliari were anthropomorphized. Chameleons, according to a comic strip that's that they did for the story. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So oh, they're, they're literally chameleons. They're, they're not uh, well, bird crocodile. I, I had no. a, I, I too, like Chrissy, kind of had kind of a See, half I, bird. I, half. I imagine croc uh, chameleons more than anything else when I listen to it. I thought crocodiles. Well, the one guy like even said, "Oh, they're king. like chameleons." Well, they, I got the impression that the eyes were, but they also talked about their Aryan or avian background too, and 
that they kind of had evolved from birds. So I guess I kind of got this kind of chameleon, maybe half velociraptor, half there could be a bit more feathers and amphibian. Actually, uh, elites from Halo. That's what I thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good description. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Halo doesn't know, but yeah, yeah I would a agree. little more reptilian, but that's that's the the shape of the monster. Yeah, I, would, so. I would agree. All right, should we move on to Bang Bang a Boom? <laughs> on the space station, Dark Space Eight, the Seventh Doctor and Mel arrive at the hosting of the Intergalactic Song Contest when a series of murders threatens the peace of the galaxy. Dun, dun, dun! I loved this story. I thought you would. I was what, 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 what helps the story is it as soon as you realize it's a satire, that's what really helps the story, I think. <laughs> <laughs> when you're not trying to take it seriously. Or the very opening uh, cap, uh, doctor's log, you, you weren't chimed in with the, and, I, and the, and I, the very I, I soft music then. in the background. <laughs> and then the... Dun, 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 music every time a murder was I have a theory about this because if I if I watch if I listen to this on face value or yeah if I if I take this story at face value I have issues with it because it doesn't work very well but I have a theory I think that and and I think what backs up my theory is the fact that the doctor mentions that he always wanted to write the great the great galactic mystery novel. I think this is the Doctor relating a story to Mel. All the way up to the end. All the way up to the to point all, all the way up to the point where you think the story is over and Mel jumps in <laughs> and the says, credits oh, what about the this? credit star the credit music was awesome. Yeah, and you That's know, an interesting way to think of it. And I think Mel takes over the story there. And the other reason why there is, is quite because a tonal shift then. There is. There's a huge tonal shift. Mel is very bumbling, is very jumping to conclusions. Mel is very unmel-like in this story. And it bothered me for the longest time. But following that little division in the story, when the when the when the tone changes, Mel suddenly becomes the hero. Mel suddenly becomes the one figuring things out. So I liken it to the idea that the uh, the doctor is telling this story to Mel, and Mel says, "Well, I've got a, I'll fix your ending for you because she feels like the ending doesn't work." That's and then I can buy That's the story a really, much better. Really deep. <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean for it to be deep. Well, I, I, I don't mean to sound surprised that Glenn came up with that, but I oh, just don't fix love and monsters for him. That's true. <laughs> I just I, I I did not get that impression until you said it, and now I can I never totally, thought of that either. I can yeah, totally I can... see it that way. That's a really interesting way to look at it. We need to get Gareth Roberts on the show and find out what he intended. Because now I'm. It's, well, this it, has reached ghost light proportions of what was going on here now. I'm really intrigued. And that's why I think within the Doctor Who universe, a satire, this sat, particular satire works. Because and it, it works it, so well for the Seventh it, Doctor. It yeah. I mean, because you've got the things like it's obviously a Euro, Eurovision satire, it's obviously the uh, Dark Space. Eight is obviously Deep Space Nine. I mean, it's just they've taken and they've, they've used. Uh, Things that have happened there. So I, uh, and the characters. Uh, I was I, holding I, my breath that Eleanor Harcourt <laughs> was 
Daphne Ashbrook, but it wasn't. Oh, <laughs> is that what you guys were talking it's about? So too, it sounded it like sounded Daphne like Ashbrook. It, there were times where she, the, the 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 way she clipped her words at the end of the was just like that's that's Daphne. It's got to be Daphne. Was and it then Dr. It turns out it wasn't. Um, it was Sabrina Franklin was the actor. Doctor, Fr- uh, no, uh, was uh, Elena doctor? Harcourt. Guess, yeah, Harcourt. Yeah, uh, she j- and and she's apparently done a lot of voice work and, and acting and stuff like this. And I, I, I've never seen her anything else. She sounded, and maybe it worked because of, of the story, but she sounded like an American radio announcer. Like somebody yeah, trying too hard. <laughs> yeah, and the problem with it is is it was almost less acting and more like radio soap drama reading, which I think is what they were trying to reach mm-hmm. here. They, but she they, was they, the they only one the really Trek doing thing, that. Taking it to the next yeah, level. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, so, she is British. Yeah, oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Okay. I knew she was British. And that was the other thing that made me wonder is is she doing the tone the way that she does it because that's how she can do an American accent? Or is she doing the tone that way because that's how she's translating her role in this story? So it could be I don't a little know, bit it, of both. It bothered me a little bit. I got used to it as we went on, but it was just a little too sing songy and NPR. Yeah, that's exactly what Sean hit the nail on the head there. The um, wow! I'm still <laughs> a story within a story. Wow. Okay. So uh, I, I I have never watched it. I'm kind of in a way ashamed to admit this big sci-fi geek fan that I am. But apparently the two, uh, the uh, Doctor Harcourt and the Professor, what's his name? Uh, Fastbender. Fastbender were apparently either lifted from or inspired by Space 1999. Yeah, yeah I think I've heard uh, that. They're parodies of them, parodies according of to Wiki. Um, which now I really kind of want to watch that show, even more than you I know, did before. I've, I've seen about an episode and a half of that, and I can kind of see that. I can kind of see see where they're coming from there. I need to see more in order to... There, there was a part of me early that, I will admit, kind of got my hackles up a little bit. The the Star Trek part of the parody was hitting as close to home as it was, <laughs> you know, because I I found myself fighting against it for reasons other than you know, well, yeah, but they're they're right. I mean, I you know, it really is, especially early Deep Space Nine or early early, early next Deep Space Nine, especially, Mary. yeah. And just play along home. I'm I'm so glad that even a, even as a spoof, even as a, a, a parody episode, that the story structure as it goes on, that we're given these characters, and you're thinking to yourself, this doctor is worthless. <laughs> I mean, I've tried everything. I not can. even the most <laughs> incompetent of, uh, of 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 medical physicians would be this bad. And then there's a reason for it. Yeah, this I, science I, I really officer that is aspect. worthless. Oh, there's a reason for it. Yeah. I mean, I just and, they, and then I love the fact that they took the science officer one step further. Of, oh yeah, he's a drunk, but that's not why he's screwing all this up. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it just, uh, yeah, I and, and I didn't and see the, the ending coming. The the the, the, um, the peace conference was actually being held. Mm-hmm. A telepathic yeah. imprint. That was a cool was idea. Cool. Mm-hmm. I really liked that because cool. I had several different theories, and 
I, I'm with you. I, Mel kept jumping to conclusions. She kept chasing people down. And some of that's true, because I think she did that in, in Vervoids a little bit, didn't she? That I she don't was, know. She was a stronger character in Vervoids. She was a stronger character she, in Vervoids, for sure. This was more in line with, and I, I think I felt like the, the whole thing, and it, it, obviously because it's Seventh Doctor and Mel, it would have had to have taken place around this, but it really kind of felt in vain with Paradise Towers and um, Built in the Bannerman. It really, really kind of felt like that era of Doctor Who, there, yeah. so well because he's mixing his metaphors yep. and oh yeah, well, which which this is this was a way to <laughs> completely like just call attention to it. You know where where did this go? Well, this is why it went because Mel finally called him <laughs> out on it. <laughs> I, I there was so much to like in this, and <laughs> really, Sylvester McCoy was really wonderful. Oh, oh he, he was stop so mixing good. up your proverbs and stuff like that. He was so wonderful, and they gave him lots of R words to to. Road around with annoying. They're really annoying. No, what they're she not says. annoying. That's what she said. Oh, oh that's, that's what Mel said. That's what Mel said. Up the, yeah. They're really annoying. They're really annoying. <laughs> um, See, unlike the one doctor, I thought Mel felt more like her character in the TV series than she did there. I can see why you felt that way. Um, she's I, a I, lot there, less than she is there, in the there TV series. As much, but it wasn't. Yeah, I, I love. She's her not in the, the one strong doctor. character yeah. that she is in this. Well, and I think that's interesting because I kind of thought the same thing. I thought, well, I really liked her more than the one doctor, and I liked her in this. I wonder if the more comedic aspects of Mel are maybe what makes her character work a little bit better because I well, don't I like be. her as much when she and the doctor are butting heads and she's abrasive and drink your carrot juice and you know, I, I don't like that. I like strong Mel. I like playful Mel. And so I thought maybe that's maybe this is the way to write for her is not necessarily to bring her character down, but to elevate the mood a little bit around her. That could be. And so I, I wonder if you know, obviously there's a whole bunch more, a big finish to go, so hopefully we'll we'll get some more of them like that. But um once because it, the one doctor tone was much more comedic also. Yeah, it was. So, once again, we're we're given a Oh, we've lost the TARDIS. <laughs> and I, I shouldn't be surprised anymore that he doesn't care. But we'll find it at some point. She'll turn up. I'm starting to get a little more used to it, and I'm not offended anymore. But it still bothers me. <laughs> they blew up the ship. And I love this line. Oh, she's impregnable. Oh. Well, she's indestructible. <laughs> so the wordplay in this was so well done. I did have a little bit of a problem at first with uh, him starting to fall for Queen Angbian until they explained, until they explained it. it. And then I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, as, 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 as soon great. as he said, yes, I was like, oh. Because <laughs> I, I told you, by the, <laughs> yeah. for some, I think I split this up too much when I listened to it because I didn't remember the note he got. Beware the pits of Ang- Angbiar or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the, the pheromones come from her. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what... <laughs> I think it's partially because we just came off of Sandman. The two high-pitched, timid characters kind of got on my nerves. <laughs> nah, it was Mikey. This they, this this one was more Mouse. Very, yeah, they were there. I thought Mouse last they time, were too, very until similar. you guys mentioned uh, Mikey. Yeah, they were very similar, but yeah, it, it, it was it was enough of, yeah, the, the first one was more Alpha Centauri to me, and this one was more, yeah, Mikey than anything, so... The first one was more Alpha Centauri. The, the, the first one, you Mikey is Alpha Centauri. Oh, Mikey. Oh, 
That's, See, why, I thought, that's oh, why we call him Mikey. I'm sorry. Right, he Ralph said Austin, Mikey. Sorry, Mikey. I meant Mousy. <laughs> Mousy. <laughs> Mousy. Said Mikey. Yes. This one was more Mousy to me than which well, apparently they, they it was, get, according to the uh, oh, is, cover. Is it actually a mouse? There, there's, there's a little mouse head right there. Well, I kind of get the the the. Just the mannerisms were very mousy. well, and I, I I I eat when I'm nervous. You know, it's like yeah. okay, there was such it's, it's mouse sounds. It's definitely rodent more so than Sandman. I'm sorry, I meant Mousy, not Mikey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you guys speaking of the one doctor? Did you catch the one callback? In the one doctor, they it's mentioned that the national anthem for Earth is "I will survive," and they. Oh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> they actually start to sing it in this. <laughs> I love that the totally ice warriors the were uh, <laughs> ice warriors are the judges. That was that was a nice surprise. Uh-huh. And like, oh, and then they're gone. And then they're gone. That was the one thing that there, there were there were times when I almost felt like I could have done with less of the song, song contests. <laughs> that some 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 of the performances is just like ah, I don't care. You're, you're, I, you know, it's Douglas Adams in your humor, yeah. and they it's were, getting to that point where I just don't care anymore. They weren't, but, that, they weren't that long and no, that's just it. They, they so kept they, them they, short it was, enough. Yeah, that it, was, it worked fine. They kept them short enough that it was like okay. And I wondered why did we keep going back to this announcer blathering on about? <laughs> Do you know why? This that yeah. Well, yeah. They once again they set it up at the beginning well, and then explained it later. Yeah, but he was also he was also a nod to an announcer that had done Eurovision from since like 1969 oh. to like 1980 something yeah. or 90s. Well, it was the same same voice actor, I believe. Same the the actual announcer was the guy that played this uh, announcer. I, didn't I thought see that maybe not. But he but. was he was definitely. He was definitely channeling him, and that was the because he always talked about his wife. He always talked about yeah. It, was uh, was Nick Briggs in this? Yes, or, he was. Actually, he he had to have he been was, the oh, no, guy wait, wait, doing was, the yeah, the, he was, the no, that's uh, Nick yeah. Nick, he was the continuity announcer. Uh, Nicholas Pegg oh, okay. was in it as an Ice Warrior Junior, and you're probably thinking of Barnaby Edwards. Barnaby Edwards was the um, Michael Caine sound alike there at the end, wasn't he? Was not in it. Oh no, he was. He was a uh, robot, robot waiter, waiter and, and Tannoy, Tannoy voice. voice. So Tannoy was must. Was, that must be who you're thinking. Tannoy, of. I think Tannoy was the, the, the one. The, the one who went when they when they finally start clamping down. Oh, Tannoy was the announcer. That's who. That's who Barnaby Edwards was doing. Okay. Because he eventually yeah. takes over for the clacky noise creature. Okay, well then it's not who I thought it was. There was the one lieutenant that when they finally clap down on everything and start really being okay. Let's let's drive the story here. Let's lieutenant get everything Strindberg? fixed. Maybe. I don't remember that was his name. Well, it, it, the it, security it, officer's like, no, we've actually scanned everything, but he's he's doing that, you know. It certainly could have been him doing that. That's just <laughs> it sounds like credit. Michael Caine. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> and I, I just the more I listened to it, I was like, I think I know who that is. <laughs> I I don't know. There, there's just a lot to like in this story, and I, I I think it was done very well, and it was a great time. It I was it. it was fun. I, I uh, no Strindberg was the who eventually became the announcer, so I'm not who should. Sure. Sure, who you're talking about? Like I said, one of the <laughs> the announcer that just couldn't really get, it. <laughs> but, eventually get it did, swing, but then eventually, yeah, eventually yeah, got did, good. Yeah. Um, no, this was I, this is one of those ones that after I've heard all of it and I kind of formulated my opinions, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was one of those ones though that as I was listening to it and I wasn't quite, I, I just kept saying, okay, this a chance, I got to give it a chance, I got to give it a chance. And it really, it just kind of grew, grew on me. And then it, when it, it got to the, yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, this was really a good story in hindsight. So l- looking back at it after I finished, it was one of those ones like, <laughs> I'm not sure I enjoyed the ride, but the conclusion was so good that it made the rest of the ride that much enjoyable. Yeah, I enjoyed so. the ride. I thought it was great. I, I, you I know, grumbled about the ride the first part. 
and then kind of come to grips with it and was like, well, this is very kind of Seventh Doctor. So, okay. <laughs> well, and I, think, I, I think that that was what I thought was I thought they were trying too hard to make it feel like a Seventh Doctor and Mel television story. Because, like I say, it's very... I mean, even Delta and the Bannerman and Paradise Towers use parodies of pop, excuse me, popular culture yeah. in the UK at the time. And so that's what I thought they were doing here. But then it felt like it was going over the top. Maybe it helps that... But then I think <laughs> I, I, also... As opposed to those stories, this has an American spoof of Star Trek... And then the singing contests have become so popular now in in U.S. culture. And this would have been released 10 years ago or 12 years ago. That uh, that I don't get the uh, cultural references from Delta and the Mannerman. Uh, and Paris Harris, which obviously I haven't here, seen yet. But here, but here I could get the get the references and kind them. of yeah. understand what they're trying to do. I suppose that's true. Um, well, and if if your theory holds up that it's the Doctor relaying a story, and and and, and it's, well, it's don't all, pop my bubble because that's why it works the best. No, well, for me. <laughs> if, 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 that, if that's if that's how all this works, that also kind of fixes one of the things that I had a little problem with, which was not so much that the, the the Queen was able to seduce him. Or that he fell as hard as he did. It's pheromones. That's a, that's a that's a biological thing. I get that. But when he's relaying it later to Mel about you know that thing that I never do, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, that? Goes, yeah, that." She goes, "Well, you know, nine hundred years of celibacy or whatever." And it's kind of like, "Okay, wait a minute. I have to throw up the red flag for <laughs> just a minute <laughs> because I don't believe the doctor's celibate." So that that actually fits in with that better that you know he's playing it up a little bit and that she's. <laughs> <laughs> playing along. Well, I think sometimes writers play fast and loose with how they feel, think the canon should be. Right. Well, oh, yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. No, but if the doctor's writing it, then that's yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's why that works. Even that's why that works better for me that way. Yeah. But yeah, I, there's just I, I Did really anybody have a suspicion that the. Translator guy was yeah. the one that was doing it. I, I kind of figured and it out that early on because when the uh, what was the name of the the being the gas the, the gas thing. Um, I I kind of got the impression in the the first time he's like supposedly yelling at them when he was really trying to explain what was happening. That's yeah. when that's when I was like, well, it's probably the translator. It was when he it supposedly attacked Mel too. I that think, I kind of got that's the this, same thing. That's I got the same the, is that where it was? Yeah. That I got this impression that I, my first thought was, I don't think he's attacking her. I think he's trying to warn her, but he can't communicate with her because what's his name's not there. And then he comes in and and rushedly gives an explanation for what's going on. And I my that was my thought was, I wonder if it's not really him, and that's who we're trying to be led to believe. And then I wonder if it's a translator that's not conveying exactly what he's saying. I, I think that's where they started laying the groundwork. Maybe that's yeah, the idea. Yeah. Okay. I, I have to admit I didn't pick Golos. up on that. Golos. Golos. That's right. I did not pick up on it. I uh, I firmly all the way up through the end thought it was Nikki. I thought that he was, mm. was playing and I kept coming back to no, but they keep having him and Mel find bodies. And the mystery writer and me kept going, yeah, but that's just what they would, you know. <laughs> that's how you throw them off the trail. You be the one to discover it. For anybody who hasn't seen Frozen, close your ears. Spoilers. And I'm not even going to spoil. I you, thought wait, you're not going to spoil? Well, I am, but close your ears. <laughs> close your ears, I thought it was kind of a Frozen twist is what I thought they were going with. 
I think I know where you're going. Didn't with that. tell me anything. Good. And I plug plug. plug well, my you ears. should have plugged your ears because I think if you start watching Frozen, then you that might uh, tip uh, you off. What he tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I totally thought Nikki was responsible all the way through the whole thing, and then I kept coming back to the doctor. I was like, she's too incompetent. She's got to be the villain. And then uh, you know. The, the diplomat. It's like, oh yeah, wait, no, Mel just tackered her. It can't be the diplomat. That's 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 too. Obvious. I almost bit that also. <laughs> I, I almost, almost bit, that bit but I, I didn't. <laughs> and it was kind of funny. The oh, you mean she was doing this and I attacked her? Whoops! <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't more repercussions on Mel, and that might lend to the idea that well, that was that another it's a, reason. Why, well, yeah. the other thing that isn't addressed is the fact that a shuttle. With a with the the real commander and pilot blew up and they died, but it was never addressed that it was okay <laughs> the doctor and Mel just suddenly pretend that that's who they are without giving any you know sort of remorse or not remorse but sympathy for the two characters and not mentioning it, that at all. I mean, we can only well, assume they kind of did they at died. the end. We've got, we've got well, a, I guess they did. They yeah. did. We've they got did. a science officer that spends half his time drunk and doesn't know anything about science. We've got a medical officer that doesn't know anything about medicine. I'm willing to bet security on this station sucks. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason they're hosting the yeah. Intergalactic Song Contest. Which apparently is the actual... Well, but <laughs> they, they didn't know that. That's, that. that's the brilliance of making it the actual peace conference. I I have to admit, this is, this is definitely one of those where uh, pretty much every time I thought I had it pegged as to who the murderer was, that person turned up dead. <laughs> so it was like I was ten lines. Yeah, it, really it, was. it was very. You must have done it. Oh, well, maybe it was this guy. Oh, maybe it was. No, I'm not going there. And I kind of like the uh, <coughs> the wait. This is an over aspect of it, and then the resolving the bomb situation. Gareth oh. Roberts was the uh, news anchor man. I was so. I, I kept looking. I, I even had a spiel prepared going into this that I think Big Finish needs to limit themselves to the two-hour format. If you're going to come up with a story and we're going to do it in four parts like Classic Who, that's fine. Give me four half-hour segments and give me a two-hour audio. Anytime I pull up these and I see the running length is two hours and 20 minutes, two hours and 19 minutes, I kind of go, ah. <laughs> Because does the twenty minutes make a difference? Well, it's it's not so much that it it, it, it does, but it can, because it, the, in my mind you've already run twenty minutes long. You 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 are over uh, your quota. So you're, you're already thinking of where can we trim this? So I think there's a part of me that's already doing that. It's like, well, you didn't need this. You could have cut that scene. And in this instance, I was going, well, you didn't need the song contest. You could have cut parts of this out. So then we got to the end. And the music started, and I had just enough time to think, well, the rest of this must be the preview for next time on Big Finish, or, and or, almost or turned it off. Bonus feature. Of, or bonus features. Yeah. And then it came up with it. Wait a minute. I'm like, oh, <laughs> we're really going, we're, we're taking this the full nines, you know. So, bravo. <laughs> and it was Holly that, I think, pointed out the spoons in the song contest. Oh, yeah. that was so brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Which again, the the doctor setting himself up for being the star of the story also lends to the fact that he's telling the story. Oh, yeah. that's true. I had to meet my adoring public. <laughs> I half expected there to be a, a thing that came out of it where they mistakenly, because I mean we've already had so much mistaken identity already. Why not mistake the doctor for Nick 
and so everybody's going to expect him to play spoons on his next album or something. <laughs> but then they came out, oh, that impromptu command, uh, performance by the commander. And I'm like, oh, well, you blew it. You well, <laughs> I think I already presumed that he was going to have to be who he was because Nick, Nicky, Nicky was, was making well Nicky, known. Nicky was making himself, yeah. was making it sound like he was really well known because yeah. Mel was the first person he'd encountered. It's not, quite as, uh, it's not quite as uh, easy to get away with as, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That was a naked gun joke for those of you that didn't get it. Anything else on this one? I liked it. <laughs> we get that impression. All right. Well, I like silly. What can I say? <laughs> what's coming up on the schedule? Coming up on the schedule. More Sylvester McCoy. Um, more spoon Surprising. playing. More uh, more running around and, and uh, being befuddled, I hope. Uh, this week, of course, is Planet Comic Con. So our schedule may be a bit wibbly wobbly. Uh, we are doing Remembrance of the Daleks uh, for Friday Night Who this week, and keep in mind that the three of us may or may not be participating in Doctor Who this week, uh, so you're kind of uh, left to your own devices. Um, and then we've got Planet Comic Con all weekend, and that will be our show. Uh, when we come back, we'll be discussing all of the wonderful stuff that uh, that went on and happened. The following week is... Uh, uh, let me jump in. Yeah, go ahead. Be, be warned that they're... Possibly would be a delay depending on how tired we are after a full weekend on Sunday. That's night. true, uh, very true. Because uh, we don't record Mondays, and so it would be Tuesday again when we record. If we don't, if we, uh, I think we're, we'll call it Sunday. But there's a chance it'll either be this will be out on Monday morning or it'll be out on Wednesday morning. So, but we'll have a side trip to keep you satisfied. Hope so. well, hopefully, <laughs> knock on wood. In theory, Glenn may not have it edited. He may be tired and. Uh, <laughs> Don't, don't, you shouldn't have to edit that. Don't, don't he just throws it up. That, that won't be edited. That'll be. <laughs> but um, yeah, knock on wood. Uh, the following week, we've got the first three parts of <clears throat> the Mutants with John Pertwee, uh, and then uh, what we're jokingly calling the Fan Show Two, which we hope to have some uh, some fun pieces of some things for you there. And then we'll finish the Mutants the following week with parts four through six, and then have our third Doctor celebratory discussion in the third month uh, with uh, The Mutants and ebook three, The Spear of Destiny. So that finishes out March. And then uh, fun things planned for April and I will have an updated schedule posted by the time you listen to this. All right. Excellent. Because I'm working on it now. (laughs) (laughs) Terrific. All right. Well, if that's it for this week. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. One more thing before I forget. It's not it it for this this week. week. The bang, bang, a boom. I was waiting for I that to come in. I kept wondering where this damn title came from. Like, I don't song. get it. I don't no. get it. <laughs> well, it was a song. That's, yeah. well, that's another was. parody of it. Oh, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I that's don't funny. get it. And then the doctor said it. And then it was, okay. <laughs> I said to myself, that's a long wait to get to the title. <laughs> <laughs> I kept wondering how they're, you know... Because in some instances you can call it something funny and then we get it and it's like you don't have right, to. But right. this was such an oddball title. Yeah. It didn't fit it. anywhere in there. It doesn't work until you, get, you get to the cliff. And then we the go ending. bang bang. Ah, uh, I see what you did there. Okay, I'm sorry. I just had to throw. No, that's it. <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. <laughs> Catch your drinking. <laughs> Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.